All right. Hello and welcome back to the Trick Play Podcast on the Fresh Take Network. I'm Simon Chaskowski here with Caleb Peterson and shortly we will be breaking down all the sports related news, rumors and drama that you will want to hear about. This week we talked about our Super Bowl predictions, breaking the game down position by position by position to see which team is better, which team has the advantage and who will come out of it with the win then we went into the Calgary Flames with friend of the show Anand as he came on and chatted with us a little bit about that Calgary Flames team that we've talked about so much on this podcast because frankly their season and their whole last little bit has been very interesting to watch unfold bad and the good then we got into the NFL honors plenty of NFL this week but we got into the NFL honors and who we thought should have won, whether the who they whoever won, oh my gosh, whoever should have won it, whoever did win it, all of that fun stuff. Ignore my stroke. Make sure to check us out on YouTube, Fresh Take Network, TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, as we have new con- com- content coming out every single week on each and every one of those platforms. God, we really limped to the barn there. Caleb, are you ready oh, to yeah. get going? I'm. I'm so ready. I'm so ready. Yeah, get into it. There we go. I remembered to put the font up. There we go. That's me. Let's go. <laughs> so, obviously, the big event this weekend, Super Bowl 58. Mark it down Sunday, 3.30 p.m. Pacific time, 6.30 p.m. Eastern. The matchup we've all been waiting for this whole year, Niners, Beefs, the big one. Um, obviously, there's there's been a lot of conversation about this game for the last couple of weeks because you know it is the super bowl um but uh i'm getting i'm i'm <laughs> i don't know what's happening with my camera over there but um i was gonna say I'll i'm just trying to get like... rid of a thousand different things just keep going <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah we will get into it we'll get into in terms of what we're thinking in terms of predictions before the game and i think we're going to kind of go into position by position breakdown which teams have the edge um but we'll we'll get into that before we do i'll just kind of throw it over to you simon what are your kind of broad thoughts about the game about the matchup and about how you kind of think it'll go down without giving too much away because i think we want to wait till the later on to give our predictions i think it's going to be a really good one i think that we've got I mean, obviously, it's the Super Bowl, but I think we have two really, really good teams. I don't think they... I think they're very different teams, which I think adds to, like, the stylistic matchup we're going to get to see. So I'm excited for it. I know that I've had a lot of different conversations. Personally, I feel like this is a story already written. I think uh, I think this, this is one in my head, at the very least, that I think is already made to go a certain way. But who knows? Who knows? It's definitely not one that couldn't go the other way so i'm excited to talk about it yeah and if you want we can kind of get into we'll we'll break down the game sure. kind of piece by piece and then we'll get into our predictions at the end so if we want to start out with with quarterback i mean this one's probably yeah. one of the more obvious ones but how do how do you think this why is mahomes your pick as to to who has the better quarterback golly gosh i wonder <laughs> um well, <laughs> Mahomes is going to Mahomes. I think uh, the the one difference, or the one real conversation if we want to actually talk about this, is how much both quarterbacks actually needs to do for their team to win. And yeah. I think if you're Patrick Mahomes, you need to go out there and kick ass. 
that is the conversation I've had with most people when talking about this game. Is Brock Purdy can go out there, and I'm not, I'm definitely not one to call him a field jet, like a just a game manager. A game game manager. So yeah, I'm definitely not one to do that. I think he is a good quarterback, but he can win this game by just being a game manager in this in this case. He can potentially win it by going out there, maybe throwing 250 yards max and handing it off to Christian McCaffrey in the end zone. Like, that's all he's going to have to do to win it. If he, if that becomes the case. Patrick Mahomes needs to go out there and have a career game. Maybe not a career game, but he needs to go out there and have the type of game that people will... He needs to be the MVP for this Chiefs team, I think, for them to win. At least in my opinion. The one pushback I would have on that is not necessarily... Because I do think Mahomes has a little bit more to work against in terms of who he has around him on offense... But I almost think that um, the Chiefs' defense can win the game for them, even if Mahomes has a bad game. Because if I'm looking at if I'm if I'm looking at this, I'm looking at it from a couple different angles. I'm looking at it from I recently rewatched the highlights of the last Super Bowl these two teams played, and I think we forget how bad Mahomes played in that first Super Bowl that he he played yeah. in against the Niners. And going into the fourth quarter, before he had those couple big drives to win the game, and that big play to Tyreek Hill, third and fifteen. Before that, he was he had no touchdowns and two picks, um, and they still won the game because the Niners' offense wasn't really able to keep up any momentum, and he turned it on in the fourth quarter for a couple drives. And I think that's almost kind of what we've been seeing all of this season from Kansas City. AFC Championship against the Ravens. He did what he needed to to get the lead, um, and then what we've been seeing more from Mahomes is that he hasn't been making those mistakes. He hasn't been putting up as much, but he also hasn't been making those mistakes. So I think that's a big thing. Um, I think that like in terms of, I, I do think he needs to do more considering that he has less around him, but I don't necessarily think he needs to have a career game for them to win. Um, the other thing I would say about Purdy is the big thing I'm looking for from him in this game is can he eliminate some of the boneheaded mistakes that he's made? Because I think it's a very underrated storyline how badly he's played in the last in the playoffs. Um, that Packers game was absolutely atrocious. He was terrible. He was god awful. He missed so many throws. He threw what should have been a pick six if the Packers could have caught it. They wouldn't even be here um, if that was the case. I think Brock Purdy is a good quarterback. As much as I hate to admit it, because my Brock Purdy hatred has just continued to grow as a Seahawks fan, but. Um, he has not been up to snuff in these playoffs. If a couple of plays go a couple different ways where he made a mistake and he got bailed out, the Niners wouldn't even be here. That play I just talked about with the Packers and then the play that got the Niners here against the Lions was the play where Kendall Vildor goes up, um, has a perfect play to make a pick. Purdy puts it right in his hands and it goes right off his hands and into the hands of Brandon Ayuk. Those are bad throws from Brock Purdy. Mistakes that are causing turnovers and that's what he needs to eliminate if the uh, Niners would be able to are able to win those win those games to win this game, yeah, and I don't disagree. I think that uh, even just looking at like I quickly pulled up a stat sheet just to kind of give myself an idea of how what his performance has the stats, been like. The stats don't tell the full story, and it usually and they usually don't. But I still think it's important to take a peek at it. Two touchdowns, one pick on the season. 260 yards per game, which is a lot higher than I thought it was, actually. But, I mean, it's not terrible, but, again, 
You're, I think you're totally right. I think he has a really good opportunity here to turn the or change what the conversation has been for the last little bit. He also has the opportunity to make it a lot more obvious because if he goes out there, plays a crap game, even if they win, people will be talking about that. Brock Purdy had yeah. a bad game. Is he really the quarter, quarterback of the future for this 49ers team? Which feels weird to say after the last two years, but... It's certainly a conversation to have if he is really the weak link, right, on this team. Imagine how good you could be with a quarterback who isn't being carried. I'm I'm saying yeah. what the conversation could turn to. I don't think it will. But And I I don't think it will either, because I think even looking at I think that was more of a conversation last time we had this matchup with Jimmy G. Yeah. Like he was yes. very clearly yes. being carried by the rest of his roster. And I don't think Purdy is that, but I do think I do think Purdy is a lot more prone to mistakes than people think. Because when people say game manager, it's like, oh, he doesn't make mistakes. No, he runs the system well, and he's really good at that. But he makes a ton of mistakes um, in moments where it matters. Um, and this Chiefs defense can make you pay for that, because that's how they've been winning all year. They just shut down who's probably going to be named MVP tonight in Lamar Jackson. Um, the Chiefs defense did. It held him to 10 points. So yeah. if I'm the 49ers offense, I'd be a little bit scared of that. Um, but I don't know if you want to move into the running running back matchups, running back rooms. I don't know if there's quite as much to talk about here. Um, we've got we've got this this one's another. We got C CMC on the one end, and we got uh, Isaiah Pacheco on the other. And I think and I think this explains it pretty well. I had a conversation earlier today with one of my uh, colleagues and. Uh, we were talking, he placed a bet that is not going to hit at all. He put $4 on it to win him 1100 and like 4 bucks or something, which should give you a pretty good idea. It was like an 11-legger. Like it was the craziest thing I'd ever seen in my life. And I'm not a better by any, by any means of the word. I do not do any sports betting. But he just read it out to me. And the one thing that he threw on there that if you – are betting on this Super Bowl and are not putting this on your parlay or be the, the trick play sports betting pocket. If you do not have McCaffrey <laughs> to score a touchdown, what are you doing? Yeah, and that is, yep. And that is the one conversation. That is the one thing that I told him he already knew it. <laughs> he had it in there, but like, uh, I think that's, that pretty much speaks to what this matchup is. I think, I think he might've on a second one. I think he said he put in, McCaffrey to score three touchdowns, which I had had him going like, eh, I don't know about that. No, but, that, that's rough. Against that Chiefs defense, I wouldn't say so. Yeah, that's a little but, high. But still, I think it really does show how good of a player McCaffrey has been and will continue to be, and I think will be in this Super Bowl. I think yeah. I think this offense is really going to get run ran through him in this Super Bowl, and I don't think that's a controversial statement either. Well, you disappeared, but... I think oh, my, uh, my 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 video's <laughs> gone. Oh, well, I'm talking to a black screen. Oh, there, there we go. <laughs> oh, there you go. You're good. But uh, anyway, I think on the other side, that's not to discredit Isaiah Pacheco. I think he's a very good running back, but he's not McCaffrey, and uh, the Chiefs don't need him to be McCaffrey. I think he's perfectly. He's he is exactly what the Chiefs have grabbed every single season when they need a running back. They just bring in somebody who is good enough. It's this and we've yeah, seen well, he's, a, he's a great he's like a great downhill runner. Um yeah. I hear I, I heard this this phrase that I love on 
one of the podcasts I listen to around the NFL. They say Isaiah, Isaiah Pacheco runs like he's gonna he's gonna bite people. He runs like he bites people, and that's kind of <laughs> that's kind of what it is. Um, like he's he's coming at you with some force, and he it almost reminds me maybe not exactly the same, but in style at least like Chris Carson on the Seahawks, um, yeah. what he used to be like, and that kind of that kind of I think. That kind of like is, physical power back type yeah. style. And I I think that aspect of the game is a little bit under talked about. Yep. Because how did how did the Lions almost beat the Niners and why did they um why did they fail in the second half? Um, because they hit on them with the run game in the first half, some huge runs, especially there was like the third and eighteen where they ran for it and got it. Um, the Niners run defense was looking terrible. And if I'm the Chiefs, I think that's something you try to take advantage of, especially early on. If you can grind down um, that San Francisco defensive front, then I think you have a decent chance to win the game. Because Mahomes and his receivers, for as good as Mahomes is, his receivers have not been. So if you can rely on the run game, I think that'll be huge. As for San Francisco, I think you've pretty much said it all with CMC. Like I, yeah. There's that. The one, th- the one thing I would add would be watch out for people like Debo and people like Ayuk getting in the run game as well. Um, not to use that as too much of a transition point to talking about the receivers, but I do think that's a huge part of the, the Niners game. Um, I think they used it a lot against Seattle where it's like, we're going to use CMC until you stop them. And then once you stop CMC, we're going to start running Debo and Ayuk. And then we'll keep doing that until you can stop both of them. And then once you can stop both of them, you're already so far up in the box that we can just throw it up over your heads. Um, yeah. that's kind of their 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 game plan um along with the the short little west coast offense they run in in, in the middle um but it is kind of like with the niners it's like you have to stop something and you you're gonna have to leave something open with how many weapons they have and how many options they have um so it's gonna be interesting to see what the chiefs choose um but with that we can move into talking about the receivers um obviously this is another one where i feel like I think if we go quarterback advantage, Chiefs, running back advantage, Niners, I think there's another big, uh, big yeah. gap between the receiver groups. And, I mean, this has been, I mean, we we pointed it out right off the jump as well. I don't know if we're going to have time to go through every single group. We're going to have to be a little bit picky. You want to, yeah, we can, we, can, we can skip the trenches if we need be. I think that will if be the case. Be. I think we will be skipping the trenches. But uh, I think uh, we can group... I mean, obviously, group tight end wide receiver, just for sake of time. Oh, yeah, but, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Like, uh, I I quickly pulled it up. I kind of wanted to start off with uh, the Chiefs, because I think the a big thing that I've heard a lot of people talk about is how good Rice has been so far for the Chiefs. He's almost kind of had a comeback. I don't know how good of a regular season he was having, but I know I wasn't hearing about him very much. But in the postseason, it's almost been the opposite. I think he's really, really just almost come out of nowhere and turned into a very, very reliable receiver for this Chiefs team. I mean, you even look at look at it on the stat sheet. His yards is comparable to Travis Kelsey. And, I mean, that says that has to say a lot, I think, about how good he's been for this team and how important that I think that is going yeah. to be for them. Do you disagree? Yeah. <laughs> I think that he is someone who is fine, and in this Chiefs receiving core, someone who is fine is a godsend. Um, yeah, I think they've, I think they've stepped it up, and I think Rice has played better than a lot. I mean, he's he's been the best receiver on this team, um, aside from like I guess Kelsey, who has also had his moments where he has not looked very good. Yeah. Um, 
But I think this, 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 if the Chiefs are going to lose, it's going to be because of this, because this is how they've been losing all season, is because of their receivers either just not being there for Mahomes and not being open, or they're going to make some boneheaded play at the worst possible time where they have a drop and goes through their hands, gets intercepted, um, fourth down they drop it, whatever it may be. That's how they've been losing all season. And it hasn't happened in the playoffs. Props to them. They've been doing much better in the playoffs. And I think Rice playing a lot better than um, he kind of standing out in the postseason has been a thing to watch. But I also think it's it, it's important to shout out guys like MVS, who was a, a big part of that uh, losing effort in a lot of these games where he dropped a big pass against uh, the Eagles and um, had some mishaps. Um, and he, I think I, I brought this up in the conference championships episode where um, he has played, like he, he had that catch against the Ravens um, to convert that last first down and win the game on a very similar play. And it's just that they've been stepping up in the playoffs when they haven't otherwise been in, in the um, regular season. I think that'll be a big difference in the game. Um, I don't think it's necessarily just about Rasheed Rice because I do think like you put him on any other team and he's wide receiver three or four. I don't think he's like anything special. Um, he's just the best receiver on that team other than Kelsey. Um, and he does his job and doesn't fuck up that much, um, which is more than the Chiefs can be saying for a lot of the other just, players on their it, team. So I think it's almost like there. you just want to, like you said, you just want a guy who's accountable. Like you can, when yes. you need it, when you on third down, third and eight, who are you going to throw to who isn't named Kelsey? That's what it's come yes. down to for this Chiefs team. If Kelsey's covered by a good linebacker, which this 49ers team has plenty of, what are you going to do? And I think yeah. in this game, no matter what you think of Rasheed Rice, he's probably going to be that guy, and it's going to be whether he steps up. Yeah, pretty but, much. I mean, on the other um, side of the thing, 49ers receiving core is really good. <laughs> Oh, yeah, I guess we haven't even talked about them. But it's <laughs> yeah. like, what, like, what, what can you say? What can you say? Like, George Kittle, Debo Samuel, Ayuk. Let's move on. <laughs> I, hope, I hope Kittle has a terrible game. I just hate him as a player. Absolutely terrible dog shit. He's such player. a... I don't he's like him. Such, he seems like such a nice dude. <laughs> he does not... I don't know. He is not a nice dude. We do not stand George Kittle. Absolutely terrible dog shit hair, dog shit everything, little braggy bitch i don't like him i'm a seahawks fan if you couldn't tell <laughs> no you're just a very big hater apparently of all things george kittle just for fun i mean i i am too <laughs> <laughs> okay well why don't we why don't we move to defense if we just want to group yeah. defense together do you want to we could yeah we could do do you want to just group defense as a whole we could also yeah. do like if we want to okay yeah i think That's i fair. think we group defense together i we we are running out of time, I think, for this segment as we do have a segment sort of set up. <laughs> but uh, which side do you want to start with, 49ers or Chiefs? Um, I can. I think the Chiefs is the better defense. I'll start there. Um, yeah. This is the big. I think it's underrated how good this defense has been, because they've, like I said before, they've been what's winning the Chiefs games, and. We saw it big time against the Ravens in in the AFC Championship. Not, I think the Bills the Bills were the team who had the most success against the Chiefs defense, but they were there when it mat. But they the Chiefs defense was there when it matters, 
Um, they've just been consistently able to slow down some of the best offenses in the league. And um, I'm looking at a guy like Steve Spagnuolo, their defensive coordinator, and this is a guy who has so much Super Bowl experience as a defensive coordinator, not just as on the Chiefs, but on those Giants teams who doubled up and beat the Patriots twice. So I know, I'm not to tip your hand too much, Simon, but I know you, you think this is a pretty difficult matchup for the Chiefs. Um, Spagnolo knows a lot about facing difficult matchups against offenses that seem kind of unstoppable, yeah. and he was able to scheme up something for them both times. Um, again, we saw it most recently with the Ravens on... Um, a couple yeah. weeks ago and I think that's the key to this game it is how it's it's the Shanahan versus Spagnolo. I think that is a fantastic like play calling matchup um, because Kyle Shanahan <laughs> as much as I hate to it as much as I hate to admit it he's he is a genius in terms of this yeah. kind of stuff and no I he, think he is, well. is one of the best coaches I think we've seen in the last five years and I don't think that's controversial at all he has been very, yeah. very impressive. What he's been able to do with this 49ers team, with all the talent he might have, is very impressive. He coaches a very, very good team. And uh, I I think this will be interesting. I think this will be a really, really fun matchup. I don't know if you want to... I, I mean, I agree with you. Chiefs defense is probably better. And, uh, yeah, no. I don't know if I have much more to add to that. I don't know if you want to jump right into Super Bowl predictions, but... Uh, do we want do we want to talk about the Niners defense just for a minute? Sure. Before we yeah, uh... yeah sure actually yeah. What what do you what do you think about the Niners D? Like, I mean, it's got the big stars, right? It's got all the yeah. big names you could really ask for. Like, you got Warner, you got Bosa, you've got all those guys. Like their cornerback group has not been bad. It's been good enough, and I think that pretty much describes this group. They've got a lot of stars. They've got a lot of guys who can play when they're they're needed it's just going to be whether they show up in the super bowl that's all it's going to come down to i know um i i don't know how much i or how good i feel about the chiefs o-line going into this one more just around the fact that they've got a lot of very very good pass rushers coming downhill at mahomes for as shifty as he is i wonder if that's going to cause any issues for him i think it'll be interesting i think it's a pretty good matchup that we've got going here i mean like you said Chiefs still have them outclassed, but that's not to say that the defense on the other side isn't almost just as skilled. Yeah, I would I, I would say so too. I would say there's a little bit more of an issue in terms of teams do have a blueprint on how to beat them, I think more than the Chiefs do, because if you can run the ball on this team, then you're probably going to win. Um, and the Lions did that, and they went away from it in the second half, I think because they got scared and the Niners started getting momentum. Um they weren't able to keep up that lead as much um, just because of how quickly that all turned out. But, um, yeah, if you can run on this team, it's a huge advantage to you. I think other than Warner, I think their linebackers are a little bit shaky. I think their secondary is actually a little bit underrated in terms of the players they have out there. Sharveris Ward has been great. Um, not to say that uh, – and, and uh, that uh, I don't think you need that good of a secondary to beat the Chiefs receivers at this point. So I think the big matchup is, is like I said, when we're talking about running backs, just on the ground, can the Niners yeah. defense hold up against them? And if you force, if, if the Niners defense is able to stop Pacheco and make, and the offense can get going a little bit to where the Chiefs are having to play catch up, that's the big thing where I'm like, then the Chiefs are screwed. The Chiefs, I don't think, will be able to do like a come from behind win. I don't think they have that in them. And that's, the what, had to to, that's what they had to do in the last time when they played the 49ers. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. 
I don't think they have that in them this time. I just don't think they're built for that anymore. You don't have Tyreek Hill running downhill, downhill on a third and 15 anymore. You just don't. You still got Mahomes, so I guess anything's possible, but I, I just yeah. don't think they're quite built for that. No, I don't disagree. I think uh, when it comes down to it, when you, like I said, when you're looking at it on third down, or even third and 15, like you said, who are you going to give it to if you're Mahomes? You can run around in the pocket and avoid sacks all you want. You can make the stupidest dives, but if that ball is getting dropped, nobody cares. Like yeah. I And I think, like you said, I think that's what it'll come down to. Because back it, when this the first Super Bowl was played between these two teams, Tyreek Hill was that guy on third and 15. Sure, Travis Kelsey can get that for you sometimes, but I think you what when, when Tyreek Hill was on this team, that was assured. He was exactly the guy yeah. that you want to put the ball in his hand in that spot. And you yeah. don't have that anymore. And we're just going to have to see what they do with it. We're going to have to see yeah. what they decide to do in that situation. Because I I don't know. It'll be interesting. It'll be interesting. Yeah. All right. Do you, do you want to give your, your prediction for the Super Bowl as we, as we kind of wrap things up? Are we, doing, are we doing score as well? Yep. Yeah. Got to hit the score. So I've kind of thought, I think, uh, I think I'm still going to stand with what I went into this segment thinking and what I've told most people. I, trying to come up with a score is tough for me. I think it's going to be close. I think yeah. it's going to be very, very close. I don't think either team is really going to run away with it. I think it'll just come down to the last minute. I have a funny feeling it's going to end up in some one person's hand, and when you put the ball in that guy's hand with two minutes on the clock, shit happens. I've got the Chiefs to win it. And really? I wow. think I thought you had the Niners to win. No, I don't have Niners. I uh, wow. I have wow. the Chiefs. Maybe it's out of optimism that I don't want the Niners to win it, but I do have the Chiefs. I will say mm, thirty-one to twenty-four. We'll go with that. Okay. Okay. I'm going to, so, what I've been telling people, because a bunch of people have asked me for my opinion on the Super Bowl, and normally I'll have a pretty clear answer for them, and this year I haven't. I think it's just because I'm looking around and I'm thinking a Niners Super Bowl win would make me go insane and make me lose it a little bit. And it would just be like the the straw on the camel's back for breaking my overall um, <laughs> positive well being. It would crumble to the ground. Um, so I don't want to speak it into existence. Um, and I don't. And I think there's a very real possibility that the Chiefs win. I again, I think if their defense shows up to play, and I if I think the they can avoid falling behind early. I think the Chiefs absolutely have a chance to win, taking advantage of Brock Purdy's mistakes, absolutely. But I think the big thing that I'm worried about is if this Niners team, which I think they're fantastic on opening drives, I think if they get the ball to start the game, they march down there, score a touchdown, then the Chiefs aren't able to immediately answer. Like if this game turns into a shootout, the Chiefs aren't winning. And I'm a little bit scared of that. Um, That's interesting. So in my head, I've been telling people all week that I think the Chiefs will win. But as I've gone through a period of self-reflection, I think that is more of what I want to happen. Yeah. And I, it's not that I think it can't. 
But I think if I was really to be honest with myself and say, like, what do I actually think is going to happen here? I I don't think they can beat the Niners at this point. Wow. I think it'll be, I think it'll probably be, I think it'll be, I think the Niners will start hot. And I think Brock Purdy will make some mistakes. He'll keep him in the game. But I'm thinking 27 to 20 for the Niners. Um, I just don't think if the Niners get ahead that the Chiefs wow. have the kind of team to catch up. for Patrick Mahomes in a Super Bowl. Yeah. And the other thing is, that, that, that this prediction does for me is that every single uh every all year people have been betting against the chiefs and then the chiefs have proved them wrong yeah prove me wrong <laughs> i'm a yeah. hater i'm a hater prove <laughs> me wrong. yeah i think i don't know this is one of those years where it feels like when you think back on a player's legacy right like when you for example you think of tom brady you go you can go through all the stuff, like the coming back from the Atlanta Falcons, like, giant lead and, like, all of that stuff. This is the year where Patrick Mahomes is going into it. The last time he went into it with, very obviously, the worst team, he got his ass kicked by Tom Brady. This year, he's yeah. going into it with, very obviously, the worst team, and I think this is a legacy game for Patrick Mahomes. And I think this is the type of game where he has the opportunity here to go out there and have the type of game that people will talk about for the next 100 years. And yeah. I have a feeling like it'll happen. I, I just think this is the type of thing where the only thing standing between Patrick Mahomes and a legacy-defining game is Brock Purdy and the best football team. <laughs> like, just, I don't know. <laughs> it's It feels like one of those things where I think Patrick Mahomes might have the chance to go out there and throw, like, four touchdowns and have, like, the stupidest game ever. It feels like one of those kind of Super Bowls. Yeah, I hope you're right. Yeah. That could be optimism. That could be optimism. Who knows? But as, as much as I am going to be disgusted by seeing George <laughs> fucking Kittle with a Super Bowl ring, I think it's probably what's going to happen, and that makes me more depressed than anything. Um, if I'm not back at the podcast next week, um, it's because I'm in, a, I'm, I'm in a catatonic state of depression and haven't left my couch since Super Bowl Sunday. Well, um, that makes it interesting it, for sure. We're both on either side. I mean, it's not, I don't know, I don't want to say you're cheering for the 49ers because I know that isn't true, but uh, <laughs> I'm almost who do you think's going to win? <laughs> yeah, I'm almost you're, making, you're making the prediction hoping you're wrong, basically. Yeah, I'm almost, I'm covering both my bases. If the yeah. Niners win, I can at least say that I was right. Um, and if the Chiefs win, I can be happy and, like, have joy in my life. Yeah. So, <laughs> there you go. At least you, at least you can, you can come back on the podcast sobbing, just like, I knew it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much. There you go. All right. Well, next segment. So. For this next segment, we're going to be talking about the Calgary Flames, who since we last brought on our guest here, Anand Unatan, have made a lot of changes that we talked about them potentially making. So now we're kind of on the back half of all that. We'll be talking about pretty much everything that has gone down in the last couple of weeks, as well as what the team's currently looking like, and maybe looking ahead to what potential moves could be ahead of us but i think we got to start with the big story that happened i think it was last week with elias lindholm being traded to the vancouver canucks for 
Ooh, I'm setting myself up for failure here. But uh, and Andre Kuzmenko and <laughs> defenseman, <laughs> defenseman yeah. Hunter uh, Berzestowicz, I think. Right? Oh, yeah. Yeah? yeah. Something like that. <laughs> Something like that. That's a tough one. Yoni Yermo, a first-round pick and a conditional fourth-round pick that could become a third if the Canucks win the Cup, I believe. Win the Cup, go to the conference. It's one of the two. But, uh... Yeah, you go to the Western Conference final. Oh, okay. Yeah, that makes more sense. But it's it was a really interesting trade to watch unfold because it was one that has been rumored for a while. It's kind of strange to look up back on, but I know... We were just talking about the Flames game that just happened tonight. We are recording this on Thursday, February 8th, where Kuzmenko scored his second goal as a Flame as he continues to have just an excellent start with his new squad. I'm really curious what both of you guys think about this trade because I think I already have a very positive opinion. Yeah, Simon, uh, definitely a great great and positive opinion coming into now the second game that we have seen Kuzmenko. Uh, The first one was a power play goal uh, in his first game against Boston Bruins. That one we won 4-1. And then today he rebounded again to score the second goal of his Calgary Flames season. So really fantastic uh, trade by Craig Conroy. I remember sitting at a Toastmasters meeting and remember seeing the trade go down. So I clearly remember it was on Wednesday last week. So getting a second goal one week after a fantastic win. Uh, Lindholm, on the other hand, with the Canucks, is having a bit of tough time. I mean, he scored two goals in his first game after the trade. Uh, but today they got shut out by Boston Bruins uh, for nothing. So nothing to show there but uh, definitely a good trip pick and then Hunter Brostovich I've heard he's a great defenseman he's still developing and playing in the OHL uh, Honey Yurmo is also having a great season as a um, uh, down in a league I believe in Sweden If I, uh, correct me if I'm wrong uh, but I, I don't uh, actually know but that sounds right yes uh, somewhere in the junior league so he's playing that uh, so he continues to be fantastic. And then, like you said, Simon, uh, once Vancouver Canucks uh, advance down the conference final, we'll be able to see which pick we get. So great return for the Calgary Flames and uh, good package. I am proud of what Craig Condor did. He did amazing with the trade. Yeah, and I'd, I'd have to agree with that too because I'm, I'm looking at this and this is kind of like a – a proof of concept almost in terms of like sell sell your pieces craig like do what <laughs> do what brad could not and just and take your take your aging veterans who probably want to win a little bit more um and ditch them off this uh, little bit of a sinking ship and try to rebuild and actually build something special and i think he did exactly that and i think he got a lot for Lindholm. like i'm i'm genuinely pretty surprised with the return because, um, like you were saying, and I'm like, there's some like fantastic pieces here. Yeah. Um, Kuzmenko is the one that's going to be highlighted right now because he's he's here, he's producing. Um, it's fantastic. I am especially fa- uh, especially excited about the meme potential. Yes. Um, <laughs> Kuzmeister. Um, I don't know if you guys uh, follow Nux memes on Instagram, and he'd, he'd always post uh, whenever Kuzmenko scored with the Canucks, uh, the Kuzmeister just dicked you. Huh? I'm so ready. <laughs> I'm so ready for that to be a part of a uh, Flames culture for the next uh, next couple of years. Um, 
And he just seems like a cool guy too. And he's been playing really well. And he, I know he's had a bit of a down season so far with the Can when he was with the Canucks. Um, but he was producing at an insane rate last year and has gotten off to a great start with the Flames. And I know, because I know the big thing with him was like him and Rick Tockett did not get along. So new environment and he's already starting to pick up the pace again. Fantastic get for Craig Conroy, I think. Um, and the other thing, the first round pick, obviously also fantastic. It's probably not going to be very high considering it's Vancouver and we, they're probably going to do pretty good. But the first round pick is a first round pick. Um, the one thing I would say is I honestly think the best piece in this deal is um, Bruce Brustowitz. Um, he is. I, I was pulling up when I was I was pulling up some uh, my elite prospects over here yeah. to check out his OHL stats, and he is absolutely insane. So his first season in the OHL was last year, and in that first season with the Kitchener Rangers as a defenseman, let me remind you. 57 points in 68 games that on its own is kind of insane but he has taken an even bigger step up this year to where he has already eclipsed his point total from last year he's at 69 points in 49 games which over projected over a whole season would be 94 points in 67 games absolutely insane like that that's insane offensive production from a defenseman like I'm looking at that and I'm thinking if he is able to turn into something at the next level, like that could be a special piece. Like he has a lot of potential when I'm looking at him. I'm thinking like to Craig, Craig's pulling some strings and I think <laughs> this might be the main, this might be the main part of the deal in his head where he's like, yeah, that Kuzmeko is great. First round pick is great. This kid, this kid is what I'm, I'm like um, looking to build this team out for the next like three, four years is when we're going to be really good he's going to be coming into the league at around that time and he's going to be something special i think if this keeps up yeah and i i agree with that too i was super excited when i saw him i've seen a lot of the one comparison i've seen made ironically i might add is to adam fox at least in what his growth kind of looked like as moving up through the i don't have the advanced stats right in front of me i wish i did but uh, i remember just the sort of I'll, I'll call it a ladder or kind of like the growth that we saw from Adam Fox during his time in the CHL, or I think it was the CHL for him. He could have been college. He seems like a college guy, but I think I think it was CHL. As he made his way up, it's very similar to what Burstowich. I'm hoping I'm saying that right. I, I'd feel really bad if I wasn't. But uh, what we're seeing from him, it's been very, very similar. I'm very excited for him. I think based on the style we've seen from him, his absolute, I think that his... Uh, his ceiling could be as high as an Adam Fox type player, which, like you said, that is exactly what you want from a player like this. But even his floor, he's already, there's been some, with how good he's been doing in the CHL, he could probably be up in the NHL at this point with the amount of points he's putting up. Whether he'd yeah. be higher than a third-pairing defenseman, probably not. But he could easily be up here. Who knows what he could be even next year or in the next three years. So I, I, I agree with you, Caleb. I think it's a really good pickup. I yeah. He definitely has the potential to be the best piece we get out of this. I'm very excited for Kuzmenko as well, though. I think he's so far, obviously, a little bit too early to know. Two goals in his first two games is pretty awesome, though. You can't really complain too much about that. He's been pretty terrific. And you mentioned a down year, Caleb, but even... I mean, if you want to look at a comparison, he's had... 
Okay, never mind. It's a pretty big down year, but still, 21 points on the season is something that we shouldn't be complaining about with this Flames team. With the amount of and, point getters that we have below 20, getting in, bringing in a guy like Kuzmenko, I'm not complaining. I also think I also think that was very situational based in terms of yes. like where Kuzmenko was. Tockett, he and Tockett were not cool with each other. <laughs> he was like healthy, scratched a whole bunch of times. There's a lot of other stuff going on, so I, I think that down year you can't solely put on him. Yeah, I don't disagree. But if we want to move on to a different part, different sort of topic with this Flames team, I think another really interesting thing is just the trade rumors we've seen kind of going around. With There's a lot of big names the Flames have on the market. Craig Conroy went on, it might have been 960. It could have been a podcast. Now that I'm thinking about it, I do not quite remember but he went on somewhere and mentioned the fact that he does not see a single person on this Flames roster that it, he would not be willing to trade to try and improve the team. And while I think that is a bit of a stretch, because I think we have a lot of young guys that I would see as untouchable, I uh, I still think it shows the mentality that Craig Conroy has. And I think it really does show that even while looking at it, like with what we're used to with the type of aggressiveness we normally have from the person in the general manager seat, with this Calgary Flames team, I think we're we are seeing that Craig Conroy is willing to pull just pull the trigger on a lot of these moves, and I think we there's really three big names now that Lindholm's now gone. There's three big names that people are talking about. It's almost like Markstrom slid in to Lindholm's spot, but it's Hannafin, Tanev, Markstrom, and I think the first question I'd open to whichever one of you wants to take this first, um, who do you think is the most likely to be moved, and who do you want moved? Alright, maybe I'll start with first. Uh, so the talks right now, if we are talking about non-goal tenders, we'll start with that. Um, who is likely to get moved? Possibly Tanev. That's what we are talking about. That's the most talked player right now on the Flames roster that can be moved. Obviously, today there were two scary paths for Tanev. He went to the dressing room twice during the game. So that was a little sticker shocker for everybody to see if that injury will prevent him to get traded. But uh, looks like he was all right and he returned back. So Tanev could be a person that's uh, going to be traded. Uh, obviously, he likes blocking shots. He has been a great defenseman. He has light sticks and light hands, so we might get a huge package out of him. Hanafin, I'm okay, whatever with he decides. I think uh, the general manager, Craig Conroy, has given him the leisure to decide what he wants to do. Basically, he can decide to resign or stay. I would honestly keep Hanafin so that he can build a skeleton for new guys coming in, especially like Hunter Brustovich or uh, if we get another defenseman out of the conditional picks. Uh, so to keep that, I would suggest we keep Hanafin, trade Tanov, and that's what we likely are seeing. But again, today I heard differently Hanafin could be also traded because of how long it's been taking him for them to make a decision. They could be speculating a trade move because of how long the time frame is. So at the moment, as it stands, I would see both of them going. But honestly, if I were me, I would keep Hanafin and trade Danov. Over to you, Caleb. Yeah, if we're going to, yeah, if we want to talk about Hanafin and Tanov, and then we'll, we'll kind of loop back on, on Markstrom because it is something that's been been brought up recently. Um, I think I, I, I'm honestly of the opinion of, of, of 
Conroy, get out there, wheel him and deal him, buddy. Like <laughs> I, I'm, I'm really excited if he can get that kind of return that he got from Lindholm. Why not keep the good times flowing? Because I'm looking at this team, and I, I know that we've been doing a lot better recently. Game against the Bruins. Hey, look at that. We beat one of the best teams in the league. Can't you can't let that define anything though. Um, and it sounds pessimistic and it sounds terrible, but it's like we are not. We're not good enough to do anything uh, in the playoffs or even to make the playoffs. And we want to rebuild around younger pieces. Um, we've seen one of the most positive developments of the season has been the development of guys like Connor Zari, um, guys like the recently um, extended uh, Martin Pospisil. Um, they've really shown up on this team, and it's been the kind of thing where it's like the youth movement is what we want. And as much as I love guys like Tanev, especially, um, I think you can get a lot of value for him for from teams like the Toronto Maple Leafs, who are looking for that defenseman to kind of put them over the top. And I think they'd pay a little bit extra because I don't even know if you could fiddle around with some like salary retention for the Flames, where they can like retain some salary and potentially get some extra pieces just for doing that with how screwed up the Leafs are in cap world. Um, but I think again, like I think you just got to wheel and deal them. I think. I think you're right, and like I think Tanev is probably like most certainly gone. Um, I think that's the big one where it's like, yeah, he's he's not coming back, and I'm okay with that. Um, not to say that he's not a great player because he's a fantastic player, but I think it's time to move on from guys who are a little bit older like that. And Hannafin, I said on the last pod that we did, uh, we did kind of like a, a similar roundtable discussion on this that I said Hannafin would be the one that I'd be most willing to keep, and I still think that's true. I'm still of the opinion that you should try to get as much value for your pieces as you can. And I think um, if we're really committed to rebuilding, like that's what you have to do. But if they keep Hannafin, I'm not like, oh boy, they should have gotten more value from him. I do think it's um, the big thing. It's like, if you can get him re-signed, I guess is the, is the most important thing, which we were talking about in in terms of Buddy needs to make a decision. Um, if you can get him re-signed, I'm okay with that in terms of like, I don't feel like we're keeping dead weight. I don't feel like we're keeping some older talent that we should have shipped off like i'm okay with that um but i think especially if you're uncertain or if you know he's not going to be here then he needs to be shipped off because there's no point in keeping him around and then uh, not getting anything for him and having him leave in free agency doesn't make any sense so uh to sum up everything i said wheel him deal him connie (laughs) (laughs) yeah and i think uh even just to kind of Add on to because I agree with the, a lot of what you said, Caleb. Add on to that. I I wish I had the stats that were more recent up to what we would potentially need, point wise, win wise for all of the rest of the season to make the playoffs. But I know back towards the end of January, the Flames would need roughly ninety four points to get the final wild card spot, which would mean they would need forty seven points in the thirty five games that hadn't been played at that point, which is a win rate of six seventy one which is pretty much impossible, is what the conversation was being, that was being pointed out, is the only teams able to achieve that were Boston, Vancouver, and Winnipeg during this season. And so the point... Simon, sorry, sorry yeah, to but uh, right now, uh, after the win today, we are setting one point out of the wildcard spot, the second uh, spot for wildcard spot. We are right now, uh, if you're talking, I'll... One point, so fifty-four points we have right now, I believe, and the so 
Yeah, so right now we have 53 points. We are one spot out. Uh, National and St. Louis Blues is ahead of us. So if one of them loses, we could possibly go into the second wildcard spot. And then we have Los Angeles ahead of us uh, with 56. So possible to enter that wildcard spot again, but it's going to be challenging and difficult. Yeah, it's definitely, well, that's for sure. I think I think the main reason I wanted to bring up that stat was, though, just to show how difficult it would be. I think, which is why I kind of land more on the pessimistic side and why I was very up, very, a very big fan of the Elias Lindholm trade. And I think... I kind of agree with you, Caleb. I think you clean house. I think uh, if you're Craig Conroy with the trade that you were able to get for Elias Lindholm, you're showing what the market looks like for these players who are on expiring deals. I think uh, I think you can get rid of anybody because it really makes me wonder what ha- the market for a player like Hannafin would be, especially if yeah. I mean, just look, think about the amount of money you'd have you'd have to give them. It wouldn't be as much as you would probably think. I think Hannafin could potentially be signed for around like six million, which is not that much for a defenseman like him. And I think uh, I don't know. I think he's the type of player who you can get fairly cheap for his skill level. I think you. I think the Flames would get a lot. Is what I mean. Tanev yeah. is a little bit more interesting to me. I I know I've heard rumors about the Flames potentially getting a first round pick for him. I'm not as optimistic. Ooh, no. Yeah, I I feel like. There's a chance we get a prospect, maybe a second if we're lucky. I feel like that's more what a trade package for him looks like. But the thing is, I'm still very open for that. I think we'd still be winning the trade if we got another very, very good prospect, very realistic NHL guy in the next two years, and a second-round pick. I think that's a good that's a win for Greg Conroy, and that just continues to add to how great he's been as a general manager so far in his time. He's made a few mistakes that you can nitpick, but I think he's done an excellent job. As for Hannafin, I, I agree with both of you. I think if you can keep anybody, you keep Hannafin, obviously. I think he's the youngest of the group. He is the probably has the most potential to continue growing and to potentially add to a Flames team that could be contending in three, four years, depending on how things go. But uh, I also think that if you can trade him for a prospect, a first, maybe another pick, you do it. I think you I think you get rid of him. And uh, it's just whether what that package ends up looking for Hannafin that I think, in my opinion, determines whether we keep him. But uh, Or at least if yeah. I was in Craig Conroy's uh, shoes. But obviously I'm not. We'll see what he ends up deciding to do. If you guys want to move on to Markstrom, we can do that. Because he's been the conversation that a lot of people have been talking about. Obviously, I think, like you mentioned, Anon, it's been Tanev that a lot of people are predicting to be the next gone, but Markstrom is the big, big conversation. He is the big money fish that everybody's aiming for right now, and I think we could potentially see him moved at some point before the trade deadline. And it's gonna be, it's gonna be interesting to see if it happens. That's for sure. I'm curious what both of you guys think. I mean, what that trade potentially could look like, what and what it could mean for this Flames team. So for Marstrom, I don't know what the return could be, but because he, like we said earlier in the show, he has an, he's had an on and off season. So last year off season, this year he's been fantastic. So I don't know what the return package could look like. Devils most likely is the team that he could land in because they are in need of goaltending. Um, other teams, I don't know 
I don't know if he'll go and join his best friend Elias Linda McCannocks or where he that. goes. Uh, but um, yeah, I don't know about the return package, but there have been two angles to the mushroom trade so far. There are people who want him to stay so that he can be skeleton and a mentor for Dustin Wolf. And that's one call. The second angle is that we trade him, get a good high pick, high draft and all that. And then keep uh, Vladar and Dustin Wolf. Again, Vladar can be rusty at times. He hasn't uh, started all so many games. So he has been rusty. He, I don't know how much useful he can be for Dustin Wolf. So, and then Eric Francis was interviewing Jacob Marshall today. And Jacob Marshall said, now it's basically up to Calgary Flames to decide whether he gets traded or not. I'm not going to do anything. Although keeping in mind, Marshall has a two-year non-move clause. So if he decides to waive that, he can. Or if not, he can um, stay with Calgary. So he said it's going to be up to the Calgary Flames kick, Craig Conroy, whether they want to trade him or not. And then, yeah, we'll have to see. It's going to be an interesting next few weeks or even now, even next couple of days. We'll have to wait and see. But um, I want to say we trade Vladar, Kim Marstrom, just for that skeleton for Dustin Wolf. And then later look to trade Marstrom if he have somebody settled in. So, yeah, that's my thought. Yeah, the the one thing that I would push back on that in terms of like, in terms of helping Dustin Wolf develop, if you trade Vladar, it's a little bit more of a, a, a my point will be a little bit less salient. But um, if I'm looking at in terms of helping Markstrom helping Wolf develop, you gotta at least let one of those guys go then, because Markstrom could be helping Wolf right now, but he can't because they have too many goalies well they have where they have marstrom and Vladar, and he's not going to be able to like if we if we don't make any moves in goaltending and we're, we're saying like we got to develop wolf more he's not going to get any development more than he's already gotten because he's like we've had this conversation on the pod before but he's he's dominated in the ahl i think he's basically done at that level um and he 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 needs to find time to develop at the nhl level we just don't have space for him right now because we have Vladar and markstrom and so well i think I think the the point you, you made at the end is good, Anand, in terms of like um, trade Vladar, and then you can bring in, you have space for for a wolf, and then Markstrom can kind of mentor him. But I I also think that so in terms of that angle, it's 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 okay in my eyes. But I also think you're not going to get like anything for for Vladar. Like the return, if we're thinking in terms of the conversation that we had about uh, um, Tanev and Hanifin, where we're like get get as much you can get. Get as much return as you can, get as much return as you can, draft picks, prospects, rebuild this team from the ground up. Um, you're not gonna get that with Vladar. If you trade Vladar, um, you're not good you're like fifth round pick, sixth round pick, seventh rounder, I don't know. You're not gonna get very much. With Markstrom, that's where I could see first round picks start to fly in there. I could start to see like decently high level prospects coming into play. Um, and that's what would be a little bit more exciting. Um, I do think it would be it'll be interesting in terms of Mar- I know Markstrom's got a big deal and you mentioned the no move clause. It's another kind of hurdle they'd have to face. I think if they make a trade, I think he'll could, indications are that he probably will waive it if they want to trade him. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm looking at this and I'm thinking, I'm thinking I the best future for this team, not necessarily 
necessarily the best now because we've been trying to stay in the best now for the last like five six seven even longer years and that hasn't worked so um i think well your point is good in terms of like we'd be taking a little bit of a risk in terms of putting wolf out there with just vladar um and seeing how that tandem kind of sinks or swims and then maybe wolf's confidence gets shot a little bit because he doesn't have that experienced like really good veteran to fall back on i think that's a risk you have to take just because of what you could get for markstrom um, and then the playing time that Wolf would get. I, I think the worst thing you could, I mean, I think the worst thing you can do is not trade either of them and then Wolf doesn't play at all. I think the second best thing you could do is trade Markstrom, get a huge haul, and then Wolf plays a little bit more. Um, and then I think, um, I think the, uh, I, if you, if you trade Vladar, that would also be okay, but I'd, I'd prefer to ship Markstrom out of here, just in terms of a pure you for him kind of standpoint. Yeah, and I don't think I disagree with much of that either. I One thing that you brought up, Anon, that I really like the idea of is the trading him potentially to the New Jersey Devils, who uh, currently right now are not in a very good position goal, goaltending-wise. Uh, the uh, Hockey Writers, that's what they're called, just made a article, I believe it was two days ago, ranking all the teams New Jer- with their goaltending. New Jersey's landed flat on 27th. Which, for the type of team that they are and have the potential to be, that is pretty bad. And uh, I think a goalie like Jacob Markstrom could completely turn that around. They don't have a single goalie on the roster over, over 900 save percentage, which is pretty depressing, despite Yikes. the talent that they have on that spot. Caleb, if you want to jump in, you can. Go, you can. I just said yikes. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> but, uh, I, yeah, no, it's been pretty rough over there in New Jersey, and I think a player like Markstrom could really add to that. They Another thing that makes it, I don't know what their cap situation as a whole looks like, but looking at it just for the goalie position, the highest-paying goaltender they have currently is uh, Vanacek, who is currently making $3.4 million not. It's obviously a bit expensive for a backup, but nothing that you can't deal with. And, um, yeah, I think they have a lot of players that they could send us over. I would personally like to see more prospects than real talent. I've seen a lot of people say that we should try and get Meyer. We should try and get one of their more talented defensemen. I think, uh, I think you try and just aim for prospects. You maybe see if you can get that first-round pick. I think because of his flimsy track record and inconsistencies at time that first round pick feels a little hard i feel like that second at least the second round pick has to be assured so i think if you can get a good a good prospect maybe two and a second round pick i would be very happy with trading markstrom but if because of his past you can't get at least a second round pick i think you trade vladar and you try and do what exactly what you said anand have that markstrom wolf duo for the rest of the year have Mark give Markstrom the chance to try and mentor Dustin Wolf. Honestly, I just want to see him at the NHL level. He's so far yeah. this year, it's been kind of like he's been too good for the AHL, not good enough for the NHL. But I really, really, really think that if you give him enough time in the NHL, he'll work it out. I think he's yeah. he. I don't think it's a skill issue for him at this point. It's an experience issue, and the only way you get experience is by working at it. And I think. Yeah. Uh, if you you are missing out if you don't bring him up, that's for sure. And uh, I'm trying to think of what else, what other topics we had going into it. I think we were gonna quickly touch on how the Flames are doing right now, 
which if we still want to do that, we can quickly go around the room quickly here. How? What do you guys think are your expectations now? Pretty much a month away from the last time, Anand, we had you on the podcast to talk about the Flames. What do you think has changed since then? And has your expectations for this team going into the end of the season, really? We're starting to get pretty close to it. Has anything changed for you? Yes, we are into, we have played 51 games so far. And uh, yeah, about 80, so 82 games left in total. So that brings us around 30 roughish games left. I am impressed with this run, especially after the All-Star break, especially with Kuzmenko, the trade we talked about, and look to see what young guns we can bring. There is Pelche now who is bringing the energy, Kevin Rooney as well, and Cole Schwinn, Walker Doher, all those AHL rookies shining. Stillington is back, I like that. Um, even Pachal, we, or Pahal, or how we uh, pronounce his name, the claim from Vegas Golden Knights. He is being amazing too. So, I would say I like this team. I would love them to try for a playoff run, obviously, but uh, it's going to be challenging a little bit difficult going into. Uh, we are one spot away from, like I said earlier, from the wildcard spot. So we'll have to wait and see. Maybe I'll give it a little bit, couple more games before I make a f- infinitive decision on if we can make it to the playoffs or not. As of right now, with the streak, how they're going, three wins back-to-back so far against Blackhawks before the All-Star break, and now Boston Bruins and, um, sorry, tonight, New Jersey Devils. Um, Good chances. So, yeah, let's keep our fingers crossed. I like the team. I like the new energy. But again, if we were to get high draft picks, I'm supportive of that too. Yeah, yeah. Caleb, and I think I, yeah, I think I think the big thing from me would be um, I'm looking at, at yeah I, I I'm looking at this roster and I'm looking at the position we're at and I know technically we are only one point out of a wild card spot but I do not that is probably the last place I want to be um, because that's where we've been. We had a very similar conversation last time you were on and on, but it's like this kind of limbo position is not a fun position to be. And while we are only one point back of a playoff spot, it is also important to note that uh, a lot of the teams either in front of us or near us have games in hand. So the Kings have three games in hand. They've only played 48. The Blues have two games in hand. They've only played 49. Um, the Kraken have a game in hand, so they can easily overtake us again. The Coyotes, well, they're they're four points back of us. They have three games in hand, so that gap can close pretty quick if they start winning. Um, similar thing with the Wild, where they're um, they're a little bit further out, but they're one. They have one game in hand. We've played a lot more than the rest of the league, so we'd have to still be pretty consistent in terms of um, winning a lot and hoping other teams don't um, to have a chance to get in the playoffs. So. And with our whole conversation about what the strategy should be around the trade deadline, I'm thinking if we're selling off a lot of our pieces, the most important thing for me is getting young talent in the lineup, and I honestly don't care about what happens after that. Uh, I If we make the playoffs, cool. Um, but I'd honestly be a lot more excited if we're, if, the, if we're able to secure a little bit of a higher draft pick 
Um, we're not gonna. We're at the point where we're we're too good to be in picking in the uh, in the like top five or anything around there. But anything up to like six and below is in range. Um, Buffalo would currently have the number six pick, and they're only five six points behind us. Um, so that's kind of what I, I I'm honestly just saying like start the rebuild fully. Um, I'm not not necessarily saying fully tank, but it would be nice if we had a high draft pick. And but overall focus on developing the young talent. Whether we make the playoffs or not is not going to be an indicator of success this season because we're not built for that yet. And I'm not saying that's not going to come, but um, I don't think we're built for it yet. And I think if we're able to um, get a high draft pick and if we're able to just at least see some development from young players in the lineup, like we've seen a little bit in the season already, that's kind of my, would be my goal and that would be my most positive takeaway from the season, as as pessimistic as my whole speech has sounded. <laughs> yeah. And I think there are a lot of things to like about this team. I think a lot of the things that I do like, though, are related to the young core. And I think... I, I agree with you, Caleb, and I think this is the same way it went when we had this conversation pretty much a month ago, was I think both me and Caleb are more pessimistic. Anand, you're still really hoping for the playoffs, which I I think is a possibility. I, I personally, I think this year I want to miss. I want to miss and get a high draft pick because I really like this draft class. I, I think that if we get a really, really good pick this year, we could be looking at maybe not next year. It could be next year, but I think in two years down the road, we have the potential to have a really good squad. And I think that revolves in completely around whether Craig Conroy can get me Tish Ginla. Because if he doesn't get me Tish Ginla, <laughs> I will be so pissed off. <laughs> I s- swear to God, if we do not get this kid, I will be so mad. Because he is having such an incredible season with the Kelowna Rockets that... I think that if we do not somehow, if he is not wearing a Calgary Flames jersey at some point in the in to start off his professional career, I will be so mad. <laughs> I will not be able to live with it. Caleb, earlier in the segment we recorded prior, you spoke on how you would feel if the 49ers won the Super Bowl. If he ends <laughs> up in any jersey that doesn't have a big flaming C on it, that is my 49ers Super Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> the f- Craig Conroy needs to draft this kid and I will be so pissed if he doesn't I really hope he does but uh, I think that's kind of just my at this point that should show you what my opinion of this flame season is as of right now when I'm looking forward to a prospect that we haven't even drafted yet but we will we will draft him Craigy boy help me out here <laughs> we will Craig we will, we will, Craig. We, will. <laughs> we will draft him Craig but I think I think that's all all the main things I wanted to hit on. Thank you, Anon, so much for coming on again. It's always yeah. a blast having you on to chat flames with you. Make sure to check out Anon everywhere that he is. I know you have your own show. I've been on it once. I hope I can come on it again because it is an absolute blast to both watch and be a part of. So make sure to go check out Anon on both Twitter, YouTube, Instagram. Are you anywhere else? Uh, you want to shout out? LinkedIn and Threads and Blue Sky. I'm everywhere. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. Make sure to check Let's him go. out everywhere because he's a big friend of the show and we always like having him on. But make sure to stick around for the next segment. We have definitely have something interesting coming up next. All right. So for this segment, this is probably this is maybe our most 
topical segment ever because we are recording this right after the NFL honors just wrapped up. So we're we're on the spot. This is breaking news, basically. When we started recording this podcast, we didn't know what the hell these were going to be, and now we know. We've got all the results here, so we're going to go through. We'll go through. I don't know. I don't know how you want to how you want to do this, Simon, because we'll talk about all the major awards. Do you want to go with the the exciting one first mm. with the MVP, or do you want to kind of build up to that? I feel like you want me to say build up to that just because you want to start off with rookie of the year, but I think uh, I I think we start off with MVP. I think we okay. got to start. We got to start with the big dog. We gotta let the people wait for your overreaction. We can't hit them with yeah. it right off the jump. That's no fun. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> um, so this one, this one, I mean, was a pretty no doubter. Um, yeah. Lamar got Lamar got forty nine out of fifty first place votes, and Crazy. easily went away almost almost with a second unanimous MVP. Now that you think about it, which yeah. is actually insane. Which is um, pretty insane. Yeah. Like um, uh, I do want to. I'll let you go. I, 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 I'm, I I'm finding say, stats to back up my opinion first, so you go. <laughs> I was just, I was just gonna, I was just gonna pat myself on the back, um, because if you go back to whatever, like our predicting the NFL awards video, who did I say was gonna win MVP? Holy smokes! Who did he predict was oh, gonna boy. win the Super Bowl again? <laughs> Shut up! Um, <laughs> my Bengals Seahawks Super Bowl. Yeah, that one ended oh, up looking okay. really good, huh? <laughs> I, I didn't know that Joe Burrow was going to get injured. And to that same extent, don't listen to that episode again and say who I thought my second, my runner-up would be. Um, but we don't care about any of that. We just care about what I got. And um, I mean, I was a little bit like influenced by the fact that the Ravens had just beat the Seahawks like 37 to 3 or whatever it was. So I just seen how good he was. Um, but he's been like that the whole season. It's not as good as his 2019 run, obviously. Yeah. And it was a very weak year for MVP candidates. But he more than deserved it, especially with the run at the end of the season. And I do think that game between um, the Niners and the Ravens on Christmas Eve, or Christmas Day, sorry, yeah. showed a lot of in terms of what that race was going to turn out like. Because that, that's the day that the CMC Brock Purdy kind of conversation died. Josh Allen's been very inconsistent. Um, and Dak kind of... Um, has had a couple uh, a couple stinker performances in there. Um, Lamar is the only one who kind of just doesn't have any like key mistakes or fuck ups you can point to and be like, "There's a reason he can't be." Yeah, and I don't, I don't really disagree with that either. I think he was the obvious pick. I I don't know. It really does speak to how bad this group was that he was nearly unanimous. Because yeah. Did he deserve to win it? Yes. Did he deserve to get it unanimously? Absolutely not. Like, uh, 24 touchdowns, 7 picks, while a good season. I don't know if that should mean unanimous MVP. Because I think in your average NFL season, there will be quite a few big key name players hitting that margin. I think this season we just didn't quite see that. And even for his rushing numbers, a little bit higher than what his average has been in the last three-ish seasons but even then nothing too crazy at least for Lamar's standards I just think while it is a very very good season for him I don't know if uh him nearly getting unanimous is crazy to me because I don't think that if he did win his second unanimous MVP and like you said was given that honor as I don't know has anybody won two unanimous MVPs I'm sure 
Probably. Probably. Not that I have that right in front of me. Yeah, but, no, um, I guess I'm kind of putting you on the spot. But the uh, I, I, I am curious about that because I think he would be joining, if somebody has or if somebody hasn't, he would be joining a very prestigious group, obviously, off of a season that, while good, maybe isn't quite deserving of that. So I think um, it's probably a good thing he wasn't unanimous. I think... Uh, so, this is sure. funny. Oh. Okay, your headphones died. Uh, hello, oh my head, I hate my headphones. <laughs> yeah, your headphones died. You might want to make that point again. But, yeah, I, I, I think it is pretty interesting, this entire thing. Let me know when you're, you have yeah. your headphones on. Okay, yeah, we're, yeah, we're, 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 we're Say the stat you, we're say the stat you have. The one time I look at my phone to, to yeah. <laughs> get a stat, my headphones conk out on me. The fuckers. Um, so not only has Lamar, or not only has there not been, um, like, a player to get two unanimous MVPs, there's only been two unanimous MVP seasons, period. Who's the other? In the history of... Um, take, a, take a wild stab in the dark. Um... I'm trying to think if I should when you know think, this or not. When you like, think good NFL player. Good? Not great? Or all-time great NFL player, I guess I should say. <laughs> so he is an all-time great. Okay. Um, yeah. Um, for some reason, I feel like Peyton Manning would have had one. No. No? Okay, who is it? Brady. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, he he seemed um, too obvious, but yeah, I know that adds up. Yeah, so it's Lamar is one vote away from doing that twice. Doing yeah, doing out out dueling Brady, which I mean, once again, twenty four seven season, great great job, good season. Not quite good yeah. enough to be getting it's, a record over Brady, I would say. <laughs> it's one of those things where it's like Lamar's. Um, Lamar's 2019 season obviously deserved to be MVP, and it was yes. the same kind of conversation where there was nobody else in the conversation. Um, but that was because of how insanely good that season was. And I actually think he had some decent competition because that was the year that Russ was just playing out of yes, his mind. Yes, that's true. And, and I was actually – I was a salty Seahawks fan. Um, <laughs> I can admit now that Lamar fully deserved that. But I was really pissed because I was like, Russ should have won. I what thought he should have won. Russ's passing touchdowns and interceptions like that year? Uh, 34 to 5. Okay. So, like, he. I mean, he obviously was, he, he wouldn't was, have gotten anywhere close rushing wise, but he had, like, a slight edge passing, I guess. But, I mean, that's yeah, not the conversation also, we're supposed to be having. <laughs> he also threw for a thousand more yards. Anyway, Russ should have won MVP. But, um. <laughs> No, like, like, like my, my point being that um, that season, it wasn't like he, it was a lack of competition. It was more so because he was just so much better than everybody else. This season, yeah. it, it, it does feel like it's just a lack of a competition, which, I mean, great for Lamar. I think he deserves that kind of recognition. But, I mean, hopefully next year we get a little bit more of a race because it feels like there's always at least a little bit of a race, and we didn't really get that this year. No. It, um, it felt like it was a foregone conclusion since, like, week 15, and that's no fun. And it's not because he had an incredible season either. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not even, yeah. It, 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 I just wish there were other candidates, even. Yeah. And it well, wasn't even disagree. like, it wasn't even like him out dueling anybody. It was just everybody else dropping out, which that that's the part that kind of irks me. 
It's not yeah. even that it was decided that early, because, I mean, normally it is decided relatively early before the season, but it's like, at least we could have had some sort of fight where it's like there's a debate. Or, like, if it is going to be, like, an obvious pick, at least have it be because of how g good it was that it's obvious, yeah. right? Like, we just didn't have, like, and truly, and I mean, this, this is going to sound like, yeah, you can clip this and make it sound like I'm really crapping on Lamar here, but, like, it feels like this season we just really didn't have a truly elite, like, type season from anyone. Like, it just, yeah. it just felt like, sure, 20 or whatever it is, 24-7, he had five rushing touchdowns, 800 yards. That is a great season. But is it yeah. in the upper echelon of what an MVP probably should be? I don't know. Like, put that in the race last year. Is that winning it? Probably not. Although, who was it last year? A-Rod? Fuck him. Um, he doesn't deserve <laughs> any, any awards of any kind. Um, this is a terrible person. Um, get my get my weekly A Rod. I guess I set you up for that get my, one. But <laughs> get my weekly A Rod hate in there. Fuck you, buddy. Hope you never play a football game again. Anyways, um, if we wanna if we wanna move on to, uh, well, 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 I don't know if there's that much more we can say about MVP. Just I think we covered it pretty well. If we want to move on to offensive player of the year, and this sure. one is one where I don't think I can necessarily disagree because christian mccaffrey won yeah and it's not like a, it's not like anybody's up in arms i do i do disagree with the pick but i'm not like upset with it but i'll i'll, I'll hand it over to you in terms of what you think of it before well, i well i'm kind of interested in it's the other what is the other option in your head tyree kill is yeah that, yeah okay that would that would make sense i guess because that is the only other person i would i could see being like a potential pick here but it really felt like Christian McCaffrey just, like, kind of cut it off at a certain point. I think it's just, when you heard around the league of a guy who was in, I mean, we spoke about it in our Super Bowl segment, but a guaranteed touchdown every single game. If you are a better, bet the house on McCaffrey. That has been the conversation all year long, not even bef even before this season. That was the conversation. He had a very long touchdown streak. I don't know if that's still going or if he had a game without a touchdown. I'm not sure. But uh, nonetheless, I think that really speaks to the type of player that McCaffrey is because he just completely destroys games. And I think that really is exact. He is exactly the type of player I would expect to win this award. And for that reason, I think he deserves it. Basically, no questions yeah. asked. But I, I, mean, I don't if think... you want to make the argument for Tyree Kill, I have no issue with that because I well, think he had an incredible I, I, I think he did, and I think the big thing for me is that um, I think if he, if, I think a lot of these awards are very "What have you done for for me lately?" And if you flipped around the script on Tyree's season and had like the first eight weeks of his season instead be the last eight weeks of his season, he would have won this award pretty handily. Um, I think he, him being injured for a decent chunk of the season basically lost him this award because he for a while there he was on track to hit 2,000 receiving yards and I think that kind of clinches it for you I yeah. was a little bit on the Ty Tyreek for MVP train um, but the Dolphins yeah. kind of fell apart and Tyreek hadn't play hadn't didn't play as well or was hurt and that kind of suckered things for it so I'm a little bit of the mind of like CMC was fantastic and I um, maybe it's my Niners hatred coming out but I do think 
Tyreek maybe should have got it just because he was really like the only thing that made that Dolphins offense go. Um, so to take away CMC, um, you've still got some other options. Um, you take away Tyreek and that entire Dolphins offense is just completely lifeless. You say that, but um, I think I think that offense is a lot worse without CMC, like a significant amount. I don't think. Nah, but they but but I mean think about it this way: they still made it to the Super Bowl um, four years ago without him, and they were still a very good okay. team without him. Fair. Um, Fair. It's he provides a lot for them, and he. I, I again I don't want to like make it seem that I'm like Tyreek got robbed it should have been Tyreek like <laughs> fuck CMC um, because I think CMC is more than deserving I think for me it was like it's almost like a toss-up in my head and I'd give it to Tyreek because I'm a homer but um, I, I, I don't want to sound too pissy about this pick I'd, I'll, I'll provide that other perspective um, because I do think there was there's definitely a case for Tyreek to, to have won it but I'm not the only one because if I'm looking at the votes he got seven first place votes okay um, yeah. I, I I do think it's like I do think it's the kind of thing where like he had a bad end to the season and he was injured and it's a what have you done for me lately league. Um, yeah. I think if the perception was changed a little bit, maybe things turn out differently. Um, but no, CMC is, is is a more than deserving candidate. I maybe would have picked Tyreek, but I also am a Seahawks fan, so I don't know how much my opinion counts. Um, yeah, if you were the one picking you, every year, I don't think a lot of Forty ers would be winning anything. No, they would never touch. They would never sniff anything. Um, <laughs> Gino, Gino for MVP. DK for Offensive Player of the Year. Oh my God. Um, <laughs> Devin Witherspoon, double award of Defensive Player of the Year and Defensive Rookie of the Year. We'll get to that fucking piece of shit. Anyways, um, we want to actually move on to Defensive Player of the Year. Um, this one was interesting because um i don't know if you guys have have noticed um any of you avid trick play fans out there if there's any um there (laughs) there's been a little bit of a twitter takeover where i've kind of been messing with the twitter account a little bit and getting into arguments with everybody online and one of the things i was just i was kind of browsing um and there was a lot of it was really funny to look up the conversation around defensive player of the year today because half of the tweets are Steelers fans thinking Browns fans who think Miles Garrett should win defensive player of the year are the stupidest fucks this side of the Mississippi. And then Steelers <laughs> fans come back and say, um, or then Browns fans come back and say like, if people think TJ water going to win this award, like they probably don't know how to fucking read. And it, it's like that kind of thing where they're going back and forth and decimating the other people. Like if you think this person is this, like go to hell. And it, I mean, I get it. It's the Steelers and Browns. They hate each other. But yeah. I mean, I, I, it's one of those things where I think considering how much vitriol the faces had for each other, where they're like, they're both backing their guy so hard. It really shows how close this race was. I think it could have been given to either guy. Um, I know. I think we had this exact conversation when we did the preview episode, and I think I think you were right. I think you were right on this one. I think you had (laughs) had Miles Garrett. I think I had T.J. Watt. Um, And I'm I'm still in the same place where I'm like I don't really care at this point. I could have been given either of them. They both had great seasons. Miles Garrett, I don't think has won it before. Personally, I would like to uh, take my award as the better uh, football analyst. Of this trickling podcast, obviously. I mean, it's not hey, like you hey, picked hey, MVP. Hey. Shut up. Ooh. But yeah, I was gonna <laughs> it's not like you picked MVP. Shut up. Who did I have as MVP? I don't remember. Do you have probably any idea? like 
fucking Kirk Cousins or something. I don't know. I don't think I would have. Well, you know what? I will put it past myself. But I, I, I don't think I had him. It might have been. I might have just gone with the easy Mahomes pick. Who knows? I think you might have said Mahomes. Yeah. Yeah, I, I might have done that. That's pretty safe. I, I think I would have gone the safe route. Either way, I got the Defensive Player of the Year, which Caleb will never get ever again because he is a pathetic NFL analyst and sucks at his job. Anyway. Who would pick TJ Watt? <laughs> Anybody who would pick TJ Watt clearly can't read. Sounded like the Browns fan. Okay, well, do you yeah, want no, to I'd... move on to a different one, or do you want to keep... Uh, yeah, I, I mean, my only other thing would be, like, I do think that... Uh, Okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say one more thing. I again, I think it was a I think it was a close race, and I think either of them could have got it. They both clearly make their teams better, and were a huge part of why those defenses were so good. My one thing is, who was the idiot who gave Deron Bland a first place vote? I don't care that he had that many pick sixes. He's not that good of a corner. Watch him against DK Metcalf and watch him get burnt. Like, um, I don't think you can have a game like that and be even in considered for first place vote. So whoever voted for Deron Bland first place. Um, you should lose your voting privileges. Um, and give them to Caleb, apparently. And give no, them give to them me, to because me. I make the right... Defensive Player of the Year. Why are you doing anywhere else? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I know football. <laughs> Big football guy over here. <laughs> Big football um, guy gave, gave prediction to one of the two guys who are going to win the award. <laughs> Was right. <laughs> Best coin big flipper in the, in the league. <laughs> big football guy. Oh, yeah, big football um, guy. Speaking of big football guys, um, I got into an argument. Speaking of Twitter arguments, I got into a Twitter argument with another big football guy, apparently, about uh, this next award, um, Offensive Rookie of the Year. Now, this is another one that was almost unanimous, where um, CJ Stroud got 48 out of 50 first place votes. And that's not too much of a shock. Uh, I do think the the argument that I got in was with a bit of a, a salty Rams fan on Twitter who was um, complaining about the fact that it's a the, the QB bias in the league is so high um, and that Puka Nakua should have won the award. Now, I can respect that opinion. I don't think it's right, but I can respect it. I don't know where you come in on this, Simon. Do you think Puka should have given more been given more of a shot, or do you think this is pretty easily like? Stroud. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. There you go. There's the oh, there's yeah. the trick play. Oh, I got. I got. I got. I ratioed him. I ratioed him. Did you ratio yeah. him? No, he didn't. Oh, you oh, did. Yeah, look at it. <laughs> two to one. Two to one. Two to one. Eat it, buddy. <laughs> you're winning. You're winning by Twitter points. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> oh Jesus Christ. Okay, but uh, yeah, I I don't know. I mean, I think I I get both sides of it because I think C, what CJ was able to do with this Texans team is really, really incredible. I think without him on that team, they are a lot worse. He does not have a lot of talent around him. I think he has, he has a decent team, but it's not incredible by any means. And I think with a lot of other quarterbacks, that team is not very good. So I, I personally think that... I mean, if you want to make give it the same argument you made, you gave offensive player of the year, where if you remove Tyree Kill and you remove CMC, who has the bigger impact? I think if you want to make a similar state, like, I mean, obviously the quarterback's going to win that argument nine times out of ten, but I think uh, I don't know. 
I, I don't disagree with your take on CJ. I don't disagree with anything that he said in his argument against you. So, I yeah. mean, if we're just, like, breaking down Twitter arguments at this point on trick play, what have we become? <laughs> but, <laughs> like, oh, yeah. That's, that's our thing. I, I guess I should pick a side of the fence. I mean, I, I'm i not mad about it, I guess, is what yeah, I'm saying. And I, I'm not mad with the pick. No, and I think, I mean, his point was that it's, a Q, like, the QB bias. And yes. Well, to a certain extent, I get that. I also don't think you can disregard the fact that the quarterback is the most important and most difficult position on the field. And if there's any other, if there's any other rookie season where it's like any other quarterback who's having like a decent to better than average rookie season, and then put them up against Puka Nakua, I'd probably be like Puka should probably win because he had the um, statistically at least the best rookie receiver season of all time, and that is not something to sneeze at. And I think I think the fact that like I mean I was trying to give this guy his flowers a little bit um, because I do think that Puka should have gotten more recognition and I I do think it's shitty that he can't win this award and I'm saying that as a Seahawks fan no. um, I think he I think you should get more recognition and I think in a normal year he would win an award like this and I think it would be fully deserved I think if he won it this year I'd be like yeah props to you fully deserved um, but 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 but. Um, I think what CJ Stroud has done, to your point, with this Texans team, that people forget how bad this Texans yeah. team was. I don't. I I hate how I quickly mean, we forgot how bad they were. I understand. I understand. Tank Dell is a pretty good young receiver, but he is not top tier. Can carry a rookie look quarterback. At, yeah, look at him and Nico Collins. Um, I, I Tank Dell was this year, so I guess you can't compare him to last year. But like, I mean, look at Nico Collins last year. And it's like he's not putting up putting up those numbers with Davis Mills, like yeah. there's a huge difference. No, I and I don't disagree with anything you said there. Like it's just, I I do think you look at importance and what they have been able to accomplish in their first year. I think what C.J. Stroud has built will end up being bigger than what we have seen out of Puka Nakua. Although that being said, I am a big fan of him. I think that he's a very he's going to be very very scary in this. NFC uh, North Division, I guess. No, not North. Crap. Why am I blanking? NFC West, baby. NFC West. God, I'm such a fake fan. <laughs> I can't believe I blanked on that. I know that, too. That's such a stupid thing to blank on. Whatever. I'm going to be mad at myself for the rest of time for that. Come yell at me on Twitter or Caleb on Twitter now. Go yell at Caleb on Twitter. Oh for yeah, you, oh yeah, come at me, come at me. I'm getting into the brouhaha's now. Come at me. <laughs> Go yell um, at Caleb on Twitter. Shout out. Oh yeah, <laughs> come at me. Oh. Um, thirty-three followers. We're growing. We're growing. Come, oh, yeah, come bite time. me. We're Anyways, in now in speaking, the big thirties. Speaking of. Oh yeah, look, <laughs> look at us go. Um, speaking of me getting angry at things. Um, right, defensive rookie go. of the year. Uh, I don't know if so. Will Anderson won. Fucking whatever. Okay. Um, cool. He's a good player. Um, I'll I'll maybe before I like blow my lid. I'll maybe hand it over to you. This is a this is a close race. Like yeah. closer than any, anything else. Do you have the stats on it? Yeah, I do. Okay, I, I would I like do. to hear that before I give my opinion. Um. Or like in terms of like the votes that were yeah or so just, it was or just all of it Will, like what what's the Will, what's it Will, like? Will Anderson had sixteen first place votes 
Okay. Um, Jalen Carter had 14. Obi Turner had 14. Devin Witherspoon had four. Whoa. Even like, I mean, I, I, I followed the team enough to know that he should probably get a bit more than four. I mean, like, yeah. I whether he should have won. I mean, at this, when you're looking at it like that, is almost it almost feels like you're just like you're just picking at it. Like it's just there's no. That's not even the argument to me is should he have had more votes? And the answer is probably yes with the season he had. He was the number one corner for this team. And that's not to say our quarterback group is bad either. It's just like, I don't know. I don't agree with that. He probably should have gotten more votes. It's probably where I will leave it before tossing it over to you <laughs> to have your fun. Okay. So, 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 oh, oh boy. Oh boy. <laughs> I think that the Seahawks normally get dipped on a lot of things because it's uh, we're up in the Pacific Northwest and nobody pays attention to us because we're so isolated from every, everything else. Um, I don't understand this at all because if I'm looking at it from the perspective of who has had the best season overall, not who's had the best flashes, but who's had the best moments, who has had the best season overall, it is Devin Witherspoon again and again and again. Um, that is not fair. I'm not crying over here. I'm, the first image was more accurate. But I'm, okay. When I'm looking at who has had actually the most impact on their team, I'm looking at this and I'm thinking, Will Anderson. Okay. He had a, he had a very slow start to the season. He came on at the end of the season and maybe was the best defensive rookie for like a little while at the end. Okay, cool. Okay, cool, buddy. Um, I'm I'm looking at this and I'm thinking, um, Jalen Carter, it's a similar thing where it's like flashes of talent where um, he had a pretty good start to the season. And then after that, it's like the production completely drops off. Kobe Turner, Kobe fucking Turner, give me a break with that shit. Um, I don't know why, what everybody is getting on in terms of like, um, oh, Kobe Turner. Like, I feel like I didn't hear about Kobe Turner at all until the season ended. Um, and it's just like the people in L.A. like circle jerking each other off. Um, so they're like, oh, wow, maybe we actually have a good player on our defense that's not Aaron Donald. No, you wonder why he got that many sacks? Because I wonder who Kobe Turner is fucking playing next to. He's playing next to Aaron Donald. I could play on a defensive line next to Aaron Donald, and I'd probably get at least a couple sacks. So put, like, a decent athlete on that line, of course he's going to get, like, nine fucking sacks. I don't care about that shit. I don't care about that shit. Devin Witherspoon was the heart and soul of this Seahawks defense. The absolute heart and soul. Because I'm I, every single week, I would make a comment on, on like, Devin Witherspoon is the only person who showed up to play. He's the only person who has any energy. He was the single best player we had in coverage locked up some of the best receivers was an absolute like force out there in terms of some of the hits he laid on on people and he also was a force on the pass rush i know sacks are not the be all and end all but will anderson on the season seven sacks witherspoon almost got half that and he's a fucking cornerback he got three (laughs) like i i mean if you're gonna have any sort of an argument like i i i if Witherspoon didn't, I knew I knew coming into this that Witherspoon probably wasn't going to win. But for him to be that disrespected to that level, I cannot wait 
for Mike McDonald to coach him up and get him to the level where he is a unanimous all-pro and eventual defensive player of the year. You can take your little defensive rookie of the year. We don't give a shit about defensive rookie of the year over here in Seattle. Give us the fucking defensive player of the year award, Witherspoon, in the next two or three years. I'm saying it. Witherspoon is going to get some hardware because he absolutely deserves it, and he was the best player on the Seahawks team, period. Period. Better than anybody else on this team. Better than anybody else on this defense or offense. Um, for him to have that kind of an impact in his rookie year and not get recognized for it, four-place votes, everybody except those four people, you can go burn and die in hell, frankly. And you should all be revoked your privileges for ever voting for anything football ever again. Um, I hate all of you. Fucking this system is broken. I hate this league. <laughs> I mean, I don't know what else I have to, to really add uh, to that. I, mean... I, have, I, have, I have something else to add in terms of in the middle of my angry rant. Someone came into the room, um, so that was fun. Wait, someone really? just walked into the room. Yep, and I don't know where they went. Did um, they go up there? But uh, Did they, like, walk up behind yeah. you? Is that really? <laughs> yeah, so... Oh, like, I'm going to have to go back and find and... that. <laughs> And then they, and then they were. I, I think they just walked up the stairs here. So I don't know. Uh, I don't know at what point, and I don't know how much I was swearing or going on and on. I, I think my like L.A. people circle jerking each other was probably at some point when that person was in the room. So hope I don't know if they heard that or not. We'll see. Yeah, I mean, I I hope I hope he was in the room to witness that because. Yeah. God, it truly was a thing to witness. I mean... Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Witherspoon not winning it and not surprising anyone. That's so bullshit. <laughs> I, I, it's just like, I don't think the people who vote for these things actually watch. I think if they actually watched the games and actually, like, if they were football, they would vote for it. Yeah, like, I... I actually am the gonna person vote. voting on, on these things. I have a vote. I'm quitting, the, I'm quitting the podcast if you vote against Witherspoon. Fuck you. Yeah, you know, I actually voted for this guy named, like, Kobe Turner. Like, he seemed like he had a pretty oh, good season. <laughs> I'm out. I'm out. I'm out. <laughs> All right. Okay, what else did we have to talk about? Comeback player of the year? End, 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 this, end this thing. Cut it <laughs> off. I'm done. I'm done. Uh, fucking Rams bullshit. I'm going back to bully that guy on Twitter. Anyways, <laughs> comeback player of the year. Um... Okay, come back, come back, player of the year. We can get into it. Um, sure. It was Joe Flacco, who I know, like you were excited to see win that award. Why yeah. was Joe Flacco your pick to come back? Um, I mean, just like looking at it at face value. I mean, what I think what he has done with this Browns team is very impressive. He won the hearts of a lot of people, even like people I know who aren't necessarily football fans. Were looking at this Browns team at a certain point in the year and were going, "That yes, they better win it." <laughs> And I mean, I think that's that's kind of where I ended up landing on it too. He his like impact on this team was so cool to watch what he was able to accomplish. So I'm personally a really big fan. I think that uh, I I mean he took over for a player who isn't very liked and I do not like at all, and made this Browns team likable. And for that reason, I really like this pick. I understand the people who want DeMar Hamlin to win it. I can respect that pick in merits because of the story. If he had won it, I would have gone, all right. I think there were a lot of better picks this year, but I wouldn't have been mad just because of it's the 
it's the pick that was there that everyone thought was going to be made, right? It's kind of it was kind of the obvious one. I think I'm actually kind of shocked they didn't do it. I kind of respect the NFL for going for it. The, the player who was probably more deserving, although not exactly the pick that there was people who were saying that comeback player of the year was decided at the start of the year. And I think uh, I think there's definitely merit to that opinion in to a degree. So I, I'm happy to see Joe Flacco win in here. I you mentioned Caleb that Baker could have was your pick. I would have been pretty happy with that yeah. as well. I think I think I'd pick Baker over Flacco just for a couple reasons. I think I mean I, I think none nobody could have been mad if Demar Hamlin got it. And yeah. I'm it's almost like it almost is like a a little bit of a I, I do almost feel bad for him because I think I mean comeback player of the year is kind of a stupid award anyways. But oh. um in terms of pure defin pure definition of it, I died on the field and came back to play. I don't think you can really beat that. <laughs> I um, guess that's that's a I fair think, point. <laughs> I, um I think Joe Flacco even commented on it. Or he was like, What did I like he like he died on the field and came back, like what did I come back from being old and slow? But like <laughs> I don't know if that's the exact comment, but he said he said something, something along like those that. lines. I did read my that at some gave out again, so I'm just gonna ramble. I don't know if you can hear me. Um, <laughs> but uh, I hate. Um, but um, anyways, so with 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 that side of it, that's where I can I can I can almost feel bad for him because I do think Demar Hamlin was kind of a victim of just like the storyline getting old with people, and that kind of sucks because I mean his life and it's more than a storyline yeah, and for him to potentially have gotten rewarded with like he also this award just for like all he had to go through that's fair i just don't think like, like i didn't think he like just looking at it take the story away look at the season i thought he just from what i heard it sounded like he just didn't play much which was kind he of he was a special teamer but i mean that's not yeah. really that's not really the thing it's like it's like how much did you have to work to come back to get to where you are uh, and it's like, yeah. yeah, I like even just being on the field. It was the benchmark for him because people, because it was so long ago, people don't realize that there was a. I mean, a there was like he probably if if the medical team of the Bills didn't act fast enough, he wouldn't have survived. And yeah. um, there was a long period of time where we didn't know whether he was going to be able to play again. Yeah. So that that's on that's my case for Demar Hamlin because I do think he's been getting like almost he's been being disrespected a lot in terms of like what the fuck did he do and it's like that talk is just like a little bit to, like i get it from a football perspective but i do think it is kind of broader than that and i very very much respect it if it's like yeah like i don't think he should have won and that's okay because i mean i i my pick was baker so i'm not i'm obviously not even saying that he was my number one choice but i think in some people is like dragging on him at this point and i'm <laughs> no. like like what? What? Like what's going on with no, that? No, I I don't disagree, and I I don't agree with that either. I don't think that you should be ragging on a player who, obviously, he couldn't control the fact that he was put in this position. Even if you're mad about all the fanfare and the media of the entire thing, like he couldn't. There's no point blaming him for it. There's he had no control. It was a freak accident. I, uh, yeah, I, I guess I'm just maybe it's the fact that it was just like. Maybe it was too obvious. It would have almost trivialized it to a degree, I guess, because of the fact that everybody saw it coming, right? Like it's just yeah. So I guess I'm uh, with that part. I'm kind of is kind of what I mean, 
right? Because I mean, yeah, you could have, you could have just given it to him after week one, or at that point, right? If you want to, like, I I know I'm I I don't like I don't like what I'm saying, so I'm gonna stop saying it. But it's just like, it's, I don't know. I, it kind of trivializes um, the award, even if it is kind of a trivial award anyway. I that that was gonna be my point was that yeah. it is kind of a trivial award anyways. Um, and I think it's like. Just because it's like, wow, you could have given it to him week one doesn't mean necessarily that he didn't deserve it. Um, sure, fair. And I yeah. think, I think with, I think the other thing to to say is that there are also like Flacco and Baker are probably some of the most interesting comeback stories we've seen in a long time. Um, and that also didn't help his case in terms of like getting someone. Um, the, I, I can give my case for Baker now. Um, I think Baker. I, I I do think people just have goldfish memories in terms of some of the <laughs> shit they were saying um, because people were ragging on Baker. I mean, one of the first videos we had ever taking off was like, oh, will Baker Mayfield start over Kyle Trask? Yeah. Um, and I mean, look at it in the picture. Like, he's in the Pro Bowl and he had a fantastic season. Um, it is very much – I'm very glad. I think that episode or that segment that we did was pretty, like – it was pretty uh, insightful, um, no matter how bad the quality of everything else might have been, um, was pretty insightful in terms of, like, I think we both brought up comparisons to Gino. Um, yes, we And did. I don't think either of us had the information that, like, Dave Canales, who was the one who revived Gino's career in Seattle, was now the OC. I don't know if that had happened yet or don't know if we were privy to that information there but like it is would canalis basically did twice where baker's career revived in much the same way Gino did and i think if i'm looking at it from a comeback player of the year perspective i'm not mad that flacco won i am like like flacco his story is incredible um i think that it, it just kind of depends on where you're at flacco i did I, flacco came out of nowhere but um baker i just like i'm such a secret baker fan at heart to where so much undeserved hate and i don't think he ever really got a fair shot at the end in cleveland where he just kind of played hurt for one year and was bad and then was ushered out of the building and was all of a sudden a bust like is that what we're saying for this guy like i just feel like public opinion on him switched so much so it's just so rewarding for me to be like to see him have the season he had after he was so so cast aside and people just immediately wrote him off yeah. um it's not even like it's not like a gino thing or even a Flacco thing where it's like there was a long time where the opinion was like, oh, yeah, he's not good anymore. Um, it just, like, happened so fast. And I'm like, are we watching the same, like, sport? Like, it wasn't that long ago where he was leading the Browns into the playoffs and was, like, the savior of Cleveland. So for him to kind of get back to a similar spot, like, makes me really happy. And maybe it's just, like, a little bit of a personal thing where I prefer him over Flacco. But... I don't know. I just I just find that whole story really fascinating, and I think people underestimate how much he came back from in terms of like where he was at a, from a year before now, and how down on him most people were. I, I think that even I I can fully say that I thought he was on his way out of the NFL. Like I I will fully admit that. Like I remember being a big part reason that we were having that conversation of ooh maybe Kyle Trask <laughs> could take that spot you never know it feels stupid now right but that kind of showed what the public opinion was of Baker Mayfield and since you brought brought it up here is the level of quality we had oh, this boy. was seven months ago when we first started the podcast Simon with his U-Haul boxes in the background I was living in a different place at the time. And you can tell. <laughs> what an incredible I mean, setup. 
I mean, look at how much better my setup's gotten. That's I've true. Got a you feeder rented yeah, out for myself. Like, like, I... I've really, <laughs> really. I, I mean, I got, if, if anyone's listening on audio, picture like Buckingham Palace behind me. That's what it's looking like. Right now. <laughs> you didn't rent this, by the way. This is from the class you teach on podcasting because we're just so successful. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Exactly. They yeah. they made me take over. They yeah. said, "I they heard said... I heard the Trick Play podcast." We're putting you up there. No, not so only that, our... you walked in the room and they all just fell to their knees and just went, "Are you the <laughs> Caleb Peterson from the Trick Play Podcast?" <laughs> and just went, "I bet he, gonna... he he anger biked up a hill." That guy. <laughs> you know what? I hope someday, if this if this podcast ends up anywhere, I hope you end up famous from anger biking up a hill. That still might be oh, my yeah. favorite that... quote that has come out of this podcast. Oh, yeah. That was a good one. That, that oh. or whenever I eventually go in the ocean. That's um, true. By the way, before before we wrap up this segment, ocean update, um, you may you may say I, I skimped out on it, but uh, my buddy Ryan did call me up and say, I, we can do the ocean thing right now. I've got my camera. Like, if you're, if you're down, we can go right now, like yesterday. And... Uh, I unfortunately couldn't because I had an interview in like an hour after that. Oh, so I didn't think sure. it would be like the best, <laughs> the best thing to show up soaking, soaking, or soaking wet. But there's, there's momentum. There's momentum. There's Stay momentum. tuned. This is okay. like the best, like keeping you strung along. I know there's one, one viewer who's been in it just for this. What about me? Every single episode. <laughs> I don't want to like, see this no, shit at this point. <laughs> it's going to happen. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. <laughs> Use your use your patience. Use your no. patience. Hell no. At this point, we're this is gonna be. We might as well. I wonder. Let's pay for it to be a Super Bowl commercial. <laughs> at that, let's do at it. This point. Fuck it. Okay, we should probably wrap up, <laughs> considering we're running out of time here. Um, not yeah. next segment. Next outro. Thank you, everybody, for listening to the podcast today, and for listening to me bitch about uh, the Niners and the Rams for like an hour. Um. Which was very, it was very fun for me. I don't know if it was fun for everybody else, but it was fun for me. <laughs> if you thought it was it fun, be, it you won't... can come. Uh, you can come over to Twitter to watch me get into more arguments, true. which is very. Um, also, find us um, like every, everywhere that we are, which is YouTube, uh, TikTok, Instagram. Um, or there's the Twitter right there. Boom, um, and then big one network. If you are on YouTube and are like looking for place where you can listen to us without having to see our ugly mugs find us on uh fresh take network it's on apple podcast spotify all that good stuff um it's in that corner nope nope that i corner. switched it up on you nope. i had to keep things interesting god damn it god damn it <laughs> i'd get i'd gotten so good at it i'd gotten it's so okay good at i'm it. gonna Anyways. make it easier if in like a second whoa one second okay. whoa give me a second Wow, look at all the magic things on, on the screen to distract you from the fact that I wasn't prepared. Boom! <laughs> hey. It's there. It's, it's this corner. There you go. You Boom! Did it. Got it. Got First it. Try. That is um, where you can yeah, find you the can podcast. Find... It's always there yeah, we're as in... well as everything else that the awesome stuff that Fresh Take puts out every single week. As there are a lot of other shows on there that are very, very good. And you should check them out. But first, check us out. Because we're pretty cool. Yeah, we're, we're cool. We're cool. You can't can't quite get the same level of Seahawks rage on uh, the other podcast. A lot so, less uh, Seahawks rage on this. But still a lot of very, very good stuff. That's for sure. The Nick Rib back. I'm, I'm 
There's multiple podcasts about the McRib returning. I know you got an opinion on that one. I um, do. The McRib is so good. Maybe, <laughs> yeah. I, 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 I can't believe that. I've got to try it still, but I, I, I'm so doubtful. I got to try it. I got to try um, If I want to get into my shout out. Yeah. Go um, ahead, go ahead so, sir. I mean, I, I kind of had I kind of had two shoutouts. Um, my first one was this fantastic room that I'm in. Um, <laughs> I love my little jank, my little jank UBC setup, and I was just somehow able to find an entire lecture hall all to myself. So that's really fun. Um, but that's not going to be my main one because I wanted to shout this out for an actual really long time, um, because I just think it's very funny and very amazing. So there's this chicken place at UBC, and I think it's the best food place on campus. It's called Download Chicken, and I go there about once a month because it's very expensive. Um, but they serve, it's basically just like chicken fingers and chicken sandwiches. Like you're kind of like KFC, Popeyes, that kind of joint. Um, but it's more of like a local Vancouver thing, so it's, you know, better than all of those places. Um, oh, and okay, their chicken is, oh uh, yeah, a little bit. But um, <laughs> it's, it's very good, and I always get like the big like chicken finger combo and that makes me like stuff my guts um, and it just because it's so good but I think the best thing about this place is that for some reason and I don't understand why I love it but I don't understand why is that whenever you get the box full of chicken fingers at the bottom of the box full of chicken fingers they just randomly give you a slice of white oh, bread you've brought this up before Oh, I, I, maybe I have. Maybe I think I you've have. totally done um, this before. This is this is been this is been. Have I shouted this Fuck, out on the podcast? Peaked. We did too much. It's over. It's okay. I can shout. I can shout out the random piece of white bread multiple times. It's fine. I was even um, thinking in my head as you were bringing it. Out, I was like, why do I already know this? That's I, yeah. Maybe I I must have shouted it on the podcast before, but. Uh, <laughs> Either way, it's still fantastic because nobody <laughs> would ever want to eat this because it's a piece of random white bread. Nobody's eating bread by itself anyways. But the fact that it's like stained with chicken grease and just like all this garbage so that it's a soggy grease-filled piece of white bread, it's just a meat that's going to get thrown out. Um, I guess it's just for a presentation <laughs> in, in, a car in a cardboard box. But uh, That's so awesome. I don't know. I think it's, I think it's fantastic. I agree. Um, I'd take a bite for the content, but uh, I stuff I myself. I mean, it's so memorable. Cool that if I have it's a bite memorable. of anything, I'm going to. Isn't that more important? Yeah. Like, think about it like this. Exactly. You, you got to make an impression. You will remember for the rest of your life. You will be a 75-year-old or 80-year-old senile old man thinking, you know, Sonny, I used to get my chicken fingers with a piece of bread. And your, and yeah. your, and your, your grandkids will go like, shut up, Grandpa. I'm trying to play Halo 14. Like, it'll be it'll be <laughs> just terrific. That, that fact, you oh, can yeah. forever have that. <laughs> we can't wait to be a senile old man then i can rant even more yeah, true <laughs> shouting shouting at the wind about how witherspoon spoon should have won the mvp in 2024 <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> all right well well can i get into my shout out absolutely all right so <laughs> it I is i think it is so good if you haven't had the McRib, what are you doing? It's so good. 
Me and my girlfriend went after hockey because, like normal people, we go and eat junk food after working out. Um, we went and got McDonald's, and we got a McRib. Again, I stole the entire thing. I will not even try and pretend that I shared. I'm a good boyfriend. But it was so good. That shit is so good. Get yourself a McRib right now. Do not share with anyone. Do not let anyone else touch your McRib. Because it is the best thing on the face of this this planet. It's that good. Like it's I, that good. I've just been, I've just been. Neela so... backed me up too. It, she it, thought it was good too. Really, really. <laughs> she was really? pissed at me okay, that I ate okay. the whole thing. <laughs> wow. Okay. Okay. I I trust Neela's so opinion good. a lot more than yours. That's so, fair. Uh, um... <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> But yeah, no, okay, okay. Like I'm, I, so I'm willing good. to give it a shot. I don't, I haven't tried it, so like I I've had it twice now. I've it. had it twice, and it's not like I just got lucky either. They were both so good. <laughs> like even like the bread, yeah. the bread is like immaculate. <laughs> really? Okay. Everything about that sandwich I mean, is just terrific. <laughs> there, there is a McDonald's on campus, so I guess I'm gonna have to like stop over and you, try you it. You might have point. to. God, I would never in my life did I think I would want onions and pickles on a rib sandwich, but holy smokes, does it work? <laughs> they, got the, they got the bones. Uh, they got the bones in there too. No, no bones. Okay. No okay, bones. Okay. If it had bones, that'd be pretty <laughs> funny though. <laughs> that would be funny. I was like, you gotta, you gotta go authentic on that one. <laughs> the rib is good. Like it tastes like ribs. Unlike mm, how. Well mcdonald's patties usually don't taste like patties that's kind of the biggest like thing that i'd be concerned about because normally yeah. their meat doesn't taste like meat so i feel like if they're trying a new type of meat that's not going to go well ribs, for them. their ribs are good it tastes really good i will be buying damn, them but... until they are gone <laughs> whenever i go to mcdonald's take my money damn <laughs> You see the I, I don't know I don't know if any of you guys out there listen to uh, Thirty Two Thoughts the podcast the uh, the NHL one with Elliot Friedman their their slogan is try the ribs at Montana's our slogan is try the McRib McDonald's <laughs> really shows really I, I I feel like that really really hits on like they're <laughs> like the highbrow of NHL content we're like showing exactly where we are yeah. you think that those Montana's ribs are good. Shove it on a sandwich. <laughs> Try the McRib. <laughs> eat it. This guy ate eight of them, apparently, so eat it right now. <laughs> suck, suck, suck my McRib, Elliot Friedman. You too, Jeff Merrick. Oh. Is, that, is, is there a podcast good? It probably mm -hmm. is. Yeah? It is good. It is good. I, I, I like it. It's a lot more like... Elliot is a lot more like you know free and like spouting off opinions a lot more than uh, he oh, does okay. on like Hockey Night in Canada. Which yeah, I, I, find well, fun. I imagine he's um, usually not very biased. So I was thinking in my head that no. I don't know how interesting it would actually be. He's not like he's not like biased, but he's like he and he and uh, Merrick have good chemistry. Okay. Where they're like constantly digging, they they're constantly like digging at each other, and it's pretty funny. Um, they're <laughs> they're both funnier. They're both funnier than I thought they would be, honestly. Like, yeah, that's kind of what listen. I was going to say. Like, Elliot Friedman is, like, one of the smartest hockey minds out there, and I will absolutely give him his flowers when it comes to that. But, like, I would not think of him as, like, a guy who could entertain me for 60 minutes. 
Like, oh yeah, he he absolutely does. Honestly, like I'm to the point because normally they have it where it's like uh they have like a news segment at the start of their podcast and then they get into like a Q&A and then they'll have like an interview with a player and I'm at the point where I like skip out on the interview of the player because that's the least interesting part because I just like the <laughs> I like, mean with hockey players, yeah. <laughs> yeah, because it's like Nathan McKinnon like yeah, like every, like they're asking like Yeah, you know, it's super fun going back to Nova nothing. Scotia where like, you know, I hang out with my family and my kids and so Yeah. Like I love spending time with my parents and you know, sometimes like when I was a kid I would like go to this hill and then we'd roll down the hill. It was so cool. That's like my best you memory just gave when him... I was fourteen. <laughs> You just gave a significantly better answer than Nathan McKinnon did that entire podcast. If I, I will say, if I was ever brought on a podcast for my athletic ability, I almost think I'd do that on purpose. Like, just, like, get, tell stories, like, Ironically, like, Simon, yeah. tell, you, tell us something about your childhood. You know, when I was, like, nine years old, me and a couple of buddies, we did this crazy thing. I don't know if a lot of people did this. We took our bikes to the top of this really tall hill. I get this. Get this. We rode down it so fast. Don't get don't get me wrong. We were still holding the brakes. We're not crazy. We're not crazy. But like you know, we rode down that hill. That's still a significantly more exciting <laughs> answer. You have a lot more like inflection in your voice. Um, <laughs> That's fair. You gotta, you gotta, if, <laughs> yeah. If you really want to, if you really want to get the peak like hockey player type energy, I'm still I'm trying to I'm trying to make biking down a hill entertaining. <laughs> So That's gonna, like so yeah, like when we were nine years old, we were like went to the top of the hill and we brought our bikes up there. Oh yeah, that's right. I have to like, pretend to be started cool. riding, started riding down our hill and one second. Is this appropriate? So like, you know, when I was nine I uh so I used to hang out with people and we used to do stuff and it was super cool. Like, you know, my, me and my parents were always close and uh sometimes I used mm -hmm. to shoot pucks at like my my oven or something. I don't know. What would be interesting to put here? We'll say it now, but I used to shoot pucks at another while my mom cooked a full roast chicken. It really helped my improve my hockey abilities, you know. Anyway. There you me. go. You <laughs> there you go. It, all, all it took was trying to pretend to be cool. I, I just, like, thought of all, like, the cool hockey kids in high school. That's what I tried to hit right there. They're my inspiration. Yeah. All of you. My only, my only tip would say would be to say, like, you know. A lot oh, more, know. but uh, you know, but that's something and, you can coach up. But uh, uh, um, you know, um, um, you know, <laughs> you know. I yeah, that's true. I don't say um a lot anymore, <laughs> so I guess that that helps me out a bit <laughs> from not <laughs> not getting the full hockey player interview. I actually somewhere yeah. on the internet, maybe I should try and find it. He, there is a Simon Hockey interview. Fun fact. Really? Like that I was interview. interviewed by we're, we're uh, Breakfast that on the Television. Oh, I don't know if I can find mm. it. I was interviewed on the bench mid-game for, like, Breakfast Television while doing, like, their Breakfast Television tournament or whatever when I was, like, 10. Yeah. And I gave, like, the like the most 10-year-old hockey player answer ever where I was, like, they were, like, what do you think is the most important thing to win? Teamwork or something like that. I'm sure I should try and find that because that, that would be pretty funny to – I don't think I could. I don't know. I don't even know what I'd look for. But, like – That's how we That's how we intro in the podcast next week. <laughs> Teamwork. Teamwork. <laughs> No, but I gave it, like, a hockey answer. Like, uh, you know, like, I actually gave that kind of answer. It was like, uh, you know, I think teamwork's super important. And 10-year-old Simon was preaching pucks in deep. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Probably. I was still I was still that, like, hockey, hockey, 
the hockey mind was there. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, anyway, check out next week's podcast where hopefully it'll be better. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what I might start doing. I'll just promise improvement every week. <laughs> oh, yeah. I feel like that is the most depressing thing that you could do in every episode. <laughs> Well, that's what we're going to start doing. We'll be better next week. Sucked. Go watch next week. We'll, try <laughs> we'll have it, it figured out by then. Just go. Screw off. Yeah, we're fucking <laughs> fine. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. We got a lot of swear words this week. I think yeah, that, that might be my fault. <laughs> yeah, that might be my fault. Like, but mostly. The only person yeah. I think we'll, we're pissing off is my dad. He's walked up to me multiple times and just gone, like, God, you guys swear a lot on the podcast. Like multiple times now? Yes, actually multiple times he's walked up to me. I was like, Dad, you are just watching the Caleb Seahawks segments. You need to stop. Is you guys exclusively me? I have no idea. I think it might be. I drop the occasional swear. I think I'm more conservative with it, which is knowing both of our personalities outside of in front of a microphone, I think that's pretty surprising. But, like... Yeah. <laughs> Well, I think I think I'm pretty restrained when I'm not talking about like the Seahawks are just That's something I'm pissed about in fair. general. Yeah, like I think I think yeah. Well, I mean, I'm I'm less restrained on the podcast than I normally am. Like talking, yeah. like it's two different modes for me at this point. Comparing this to doing any sort of like commentating work or anything like that is completely different. Yeah, like it's two parts of my brain at this yeah. point. But like, yeah. Next week, it's better probably. Probably. We'll talk about things. It'll be great. Oh, Maybe we'll oh, talk yeah. about... Oh, yeah. Guess what? Guess what's coming back next week? Kyle Trask. We're going to see who, <laughs> whether or not Kyle Trask... Just watch for next... You know what? I won't spoil it. Just watch for Kyle Trask next week. Since we discovered that... Kyle Trask segment like. coming. Kyle Trask segment. Kyle Trask segment. Can we make a full segment out of Kyle Trask? Whatever. We've talked to her too long. Oh, yes. Oh, we absolutely could. I'm, <laughs> I'm doing my Kyle, Trask, my Kyle Trask film study. Tune in for Kyle Trask. <laughs>